When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Oh, is this the start we wanted, Nick Davis? Uh, hello, everyone. We've got the engine started here in the studio. There's a whiff of two-stroke in the air. Saturday Mowers Club, uh, Julian King in the chair for Adam Peacock. Nick is alongside me. Not sure how much mowing is going today in Sydney with all this rain. The grass is knee-high. Wherever you look, it was chucking down on the drive-in. Just be careful on the roads. That open line number 1300 01170. And the text line number 0457 736 736. Uh, delighted to be gibbering with this man again. Look, he's a glasses half full kind of bloke, uh, despite the roosters going down in the trials last night to the Tigers. Nick Davis, good morning to you. Good morning, Julian. Good morning. Saturday morning mowers, Saturday morning swimmers, Saturday morning uh, rowboaters. Uh, that's what the weather <laughs> is like uh, here in, in Sydney town. It's been like that all week. But for those of you playing along at home, and it was forewarned is forearmed, Julian. Forewarned is forearmed, and Just our let man. Me write that down. Our yeah. man, you can use that. That's I come deep. up with I come up with great uh, some great stuff in in three hours of work here. And forewarned is forearmed, and we were forewarned last week by our man Gibbo. Mm. We were forewarned that he was uh, he was going to attend the Waratahs uh, Reds game last night, and uh, look. It, it's been a scratchy start for our man. Uh, it's been a scratchy start. Our other mate, again, forewarned, forearmed. Adam is... Uh, Where is Ed's spot? I'm Ed's is... Uh, he's chasing the little white ball around uh, Barn Boogle. Um, there's no doubt life. he's... And it looks... You know, and I didn't want to be that friend, but when you one one of your mates and and I'm a golfer and he goes, oh, I'm going down to Barn Boogle. There was a little piece of me that just went... I hope it's blowing an absolute Chris, <laughs> an absolute Chris Gale down there yeah. for you, mate. But I saw some, uh, I saw some shots of him. Uh, he still stands on the wrong side of the ball, being a lefty. Mm. Uh, but uh, now he's down in uh, in Bamboogle Lost Farms there playing golf, and and we're left here to hold the fort for a big. Saturday morning. Was. It's a hard knock life for Adam Peake. Uh, look, given, given the heat that's been on Phil Mickelson, he should probably seriously think Adam about playing golf right-handed, uh, as Brian Charles Lara is wont to do, left-handed batsman, right-handed golfer, because he didn't want to muck up his batting stroke. That's fair enough. He's close to scratch. And a, and a good golfer too, brother. Outstanding golfer. Uh, just just back to Gibbo, who's incommunicado, and he's, I don't know if it's search party time just yet, but uh, Gibbo forewarned us, as he said. What would you say? Forewarning is forearmed. Forewarned is forearmed. Forewarned, forewarned is forearmed. And he sends me this text during the week. So I, don't, I may be on Saturday, may not, may not. A little cre- he didn't explain why. 
And then, so I had to hit up Jeremy Markham, the, the boss, and he said, oh, look, I think he's going out and having a few drinks on, on the Friday. They had the eighth one to Leichhardt, see the uh, the Waratahs and the Reds, and well done to the Reds, by the way. And he said, oh, you know what, Jill's I'm a trooper, I'm going to back up. So good for you, that's a spirit. That's a spirit. Because when we're in our 20s, mate, and we do that, and you back up all the time. Yeah. But this was his message. Yeah, mate, uh, I'll get as much of the show locked in as I can because I'm going to be, and I quote, unquote, hung as... I'm going to be hung as. Yeah. And you, do you mean hung over? Yeah, I'm going to be hung as. I think, listen, you're Gibbo, you're not Chervo. <laughs> That's true. That's true, our man Gibbo. But he's, he's the surfer. He's our surfer man, Gibbo. So everything's sweet as and hung as. Yeah, and, and chilled. Yeah, Bodie, I call him. Chilled as. Yeah. Chilled as. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so our yeah. friends... Um, yeah, and Gibbo is. Look, we can have a nearest the pin on uh, the show today. Yeah. If you want to text in on 0457 um, 736 736, 736 yeah. and nearest the pin. If yeah. you if you want to give us an, your nearest the pin of when uh, when Gibbo will lob, um, we'll uh, we'll be able to fit you out with a Saturday morning. Mo- Saturday morning mowers T-shirt and hat. Is this the Keith Arthurton hat? Yeah, I was I was very Have jealous. I saw is. the tweet no. from. Um, that's very nice. Here you go. It's uh, it's, a, it's nice. this is like the uh, when the Australian cricket team when they uh, you know get your baggy green. You've got your uh, your Saturday morning mowers, Richie mm. Richardson, Keith Arthurton, floppy. Yeah. So um, there's the the ceremony there with the mowers badge on the front. Are you going to sign it for the lucky winner? Yeah, oh, I yeah. probably should do that. Yeah, you should. Do I that. probably should do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you not only do, do you win a signed uh, Mowers Club Richie Richardson slash Keith Arthurton style floppy red in this case, and it's got the string too, so you can yeah, mow on windy days and it yeah. doesn't. You yep. might end up flying off like the flying nun. But then Nick will not only sign it, but uh, he'll recreate that. Wonderful fourth quarter against the longer <laughs> 2005 because he never ties until he never you don't want to get melanoma. So well, it's just back to this nearest to the pin. I said to you, I said, what do you reckon he'll lob? I said, oh, I'll go 857. Next thing you know, it's 857. Yeah. Is it like Price is Right, you know? If you yeah, go... it's the it's the the Price is Right, the yodelling man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes yeah up the, the yodelling man and up he goes and up he goes and up he goes and up he goes and your guess was way down the bottom. But what about at the start, you know, you guess and say somebody goes 10 bucks, you go eight and someone goes 12. So you're both two away from it. But I think the, the guess that is under is the winner. If you go uh, over, you go closest, bust yeah, Closest without going over. Yeah, okay. Is that our, that should I think be that's our right, yeah. To be there. Okay, closest so, without going over. 0457 736 736. Nearest to the pin, winner gets themselves a floppy signed Nick Davis Red Mowers Club hat. Uh, what time will Gibbo lob? It's now... 9.09 and 50 seconds Eastern Daylight Time. What time yep. will you lob nearest to the pin? Yep. For Over. those Gold Coast listeners, we want it in yeah. Australian e- time. E- EDT. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, to be fair to the Gold Coast in Brisbane, they want to join the rest of the country, bar WA, because they're, you know, they should just secede and bugger off. But uh, they want Eastern Daylight Time. It's just mainly that. Those well, up north that want the standard time and stick around now behind because they're worried about uh, you know, yeah, gotcha. fading the curtains and all that sort of gotcha. nonsense. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, we normally speak to our, our mate, the Lord, Sir Tristan Merlihan, and for, in the third hour, but the Lord has actually got to work today, so we'll, uh, I'll be taking over his little segment now. I'm not sure uh, how well I'll go because, uh, actually, I'll probably go better and I'll make sure I do speak to, uh, to Adam during the show, oh. so the punters and... and 
can treat his tip as a scratching, as it normally is. Yeah. Um, I think Adam is not in this week because my stupid multi that happens every week. We're able to uh, get the chocolates last week on a, I think he paid $5.80 or something there for yeah, a, Stupid multi. My uh, Nick's stupid that. multi of the week. I, and it wasn't that. I couldn't find anything stupid about it, to, backing basically all the New Zealand the New Zealand favourite teams to win the yeah. uh, their uh, record. Their games of the Super Rugby last week, and I think I took the Tars, maybe, or the Reds and the Brumbies. It was just a favourite-a-thon in the Super Rugby, and, and we lobbed. How many leagues? Five. Okay. Four Super Rugby games, and the Kings beat the Wildcats. Okay. Yeah, that was good. There'd be value in that. Yeah, that well was... Well done to you. Was, yep, so I'll cop that for uh, the Cancer Council. All yep. proceeds there go to the Cancer Council. 0457 736 736. Paulo from Peakhurst uh, is nominated... Gibbo 940. Just let me make a little tally yeah, well, here, Paulo. We'll, we'll so, a little tally here. Uh, nearest to pin, Paulo, says 947. Uh, Rooster Man, boys, merch update. Took hat and shirt to Newey last weekend. Uh, it was a bit like where's Wally at the beach. A few nods and stranger looks did SEN. Uh, you, know, you did SEN proud. Yeah, you always do, Rooster Man. Hashtag where is Gibbo. Uh, Rooster Man's got 9.37. 9.37, Rooster Man. All right, Rooster Man. And uh, Jeremy, hello, Jez. Morning, Jamiroquai. You get that joke? Because the lead singer of Jamiroquai is JK, my initials. And Nico, uh, not here. I need glasses, mate. You don't just get the full appreciation of Red Mower's wide-brimmed hat until you have to go out into the rain. If you're mowing today, yeah, yeah. You're, it's a fine line between I'll, I'll bravery actually, and stupidity, Jeremy. There is, and it's it, it, it's pun Saturday, and I will I will stipulate: be really careful if you're wearing your mower's hat out in the rain because you've got to run down. Yeah. <laughs> He's come out of a cheap factory with dodgy dyes. I've got the it's I've got not... the red top white short uh, combo going on here. Yes. Be really careful. <laughs> be really careful with the mower's hat today. If you're out there braving the conditions, if you're going to try and there's a short break in this absolute biblical downpour that we've had for the week and you're going, oh, it's green bin It's green bin this week. I've got to fill it up. I've got to cut yeah. these lawns because if you miss the green bin cycle this week mm. and the two, rain... Is it two uh, weeks, fortnightly? or Fortnightly. Yeah. It, it's fortnightly, the green bin cycle. Mm. And if you miss it, if you miss the cycle, if your green bin was the week just gone yeah. and then it becomes somewhat clear Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, you're going to be on that two-week cycle, you'll fill that bin yeah. easily. Yeah. So you just need to, you know, just toddle off down the street, find a unit block that doesn't have any grass. <laughs> oh, like the little <laughs> covert operation about 11.30 at night or something. Just yeah. with your catcher there and just yeah. top up yeah, their bin. To see. Yeah. Top up their bin. You know Green bins, though, two weeks, especially when it's wet, it gets a bit funky down the bottom. It, do- it? Yeah. Oh, it, it does, especially if you've got the, uh, the the moist clippings at the bottom. The moist clippings, yes. The moist clippings at the bottom, you don't want, um, yeah. You- and it gets heavy. Mm. Yeah, it it gets heavy. Well, because grassy compact, right, don't you? So it does. You just go, you yeah, just <laughs> foot on that and you pack. And then you, if they shake it out, you're like... I used to put my Geordie in the. I used to get her in the bin and in her gum boots, and yeah. I'd get her in the bin and I'd just hold Stab her by her and and just use her as a some sort of sort plunging battering ram, <laughs> battering ram to get it there. 
Yeah, very novel of you. Yeah. Uh, Roosters went down to the Tigers last night, Central yep. Coast Stadium. Uh, you work with Robbo and the Roosters, 16 points to eight in the end. What did you make of it? Uh, well, it was interesting. I was uh, I was up there a little earlier and uh, I was on... Uh, Chris Warren gave me a call for just a bit of a preview and uh. I think it was 15 minutes to go in the... Raiders Sea Eagles game, mm. and I was there, and he goes, "Oh, it's the conditions like Nick." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's overcast. It, it doesn't look like it's going to rain." Three and a half minutes later, bush down it came for the last bit of that time, yeah. the uh, for the last bit of the the Raiders and Sea Eagles game. But uh, for the Roosters, um, it, it was an interesting game. Look, I think that I looked like they controlled the game uh, for most of the first half, and. And the conditions probably didn't allow too much scoring there. And um, there was a few players were sort of on minutes and there was a, a lot of shit. I think Lockie Lamb played fullback, he played half, he played nine, he played centre and there's a few guys shifted around. And, um, yeah, the, to the Tigers' credit, they kept coming in the second half and were able to get the win. But, again, some, some good minutes into some of the Roosters players. Lindsay Collins coming back from a knee injury was, was really good to see. Uh, Victor Radley leading the leading the side. Obviously, um, there was a fair bit going on with Vic last year, but being able to um, really lead the Roosters through the preseason, get back into the leadership group, and then and captain the side. Doesn't matter whether it's a trial or or an NRL fixture to be able to captain the side is a good effort. Uh, Sammy Walker um, playing seven there was good. Joey Manu. Um, playing six was um, was good to see for the Roosters. Put think, up a kick, didn't go out of bounds on the full, so well done to my man, Joey Manu. They're just happy. I think Roosters fans <laughs> are just happy he came through unscathed. He wanted to play the All-Stars game, Joey Manu, and they said, no, let's keep you on ice for another week. Yep, yeah, so he sort of had a bit of an interrupted pre-season with a couple of different little procedures there. Um, nothing to do with um, the the knock that he copped against South, mm-hmm. but just in the knees area. But, uh, no, it was good to see everyone get through unscathed. And then it's, um, yeah, the the next two, the build-up to, to round one begins, and that's where um, where all you'll see the, the real big guns um, come back into a lot of the sides. Well, Roosters to, uh, last night without Tedesco, Kiri, Crichton, JWH, uh, Takiaho, Sawali, Connor Watson, none of them played. Uh, Jimmy Tamo, one of the Tigers' 47 <laughs> co-captains, he's in strife for taking out Sam Walker's legs. I only caught the replay this morning. It was pretty bad. Yeah, well, first kick of the game, and um, it was uh, it was an interesting one there. I, I think it's always one that the NRL are, are trying to protect their playmates, similar to the NFL and the quarterback, and, and, and you want to protect, especially in that kicking motion, uh, and if you, you're sort of going at the legs area, it can be quite um, it can be quite a dangerous thing, so um, that'll be you know sent through to uh, to powers it be for for James Tummer. And Lindsay Collins, you mentioned there, he was mm. placed on report as well for a high shot on Jackson Hastings. Nice to see Jackson Hastings back down under where he belongs. Uh, you talked about Chris Warren there. Raiders knocked off Manly eighteen to sixteen in Gosford. Desi's hoping that Marty Tapau, Dylan Walker are going to recover. They they copped a few knocks too, and. He's wishing they're fit for round one. The big loss for them, though, the Sea Eagles partially dislocated right elbow to Hamalo Olakawatu. So he's going to be missing for a few weeks, if you think. Jack yeah, White and Raiders so. fans are pretty good. And Jason Saab, yeah. I mean, you know, people talk about the Fox. I think he's got him at 100 metres. Oh, it would be a good. It'd be a, a nice. It'd be a nice race. Uh, you saw Jason Saab there just going three quarter pace in in support there as uh, as Manly scored a try. But I did a little bit of work in the off season with some emerging blues and uh, what an impressive 
specimen of a human chasing sub, honestly. And uh, kick the ball across there. He can he can jump up there and take a catch, and he runs like the wind. But yeah, I did. I walked into the Central Coast Stadium and saw Marty Tapao there. I was like. Well, I thought you were playing, and um, he's like, "Oh no, I jam my back there in that first one." He was looking pretty ginger. Mm. It was looking pretty ginger, and it's going to keep the big man off the golf course too for the next couple of weeks. So he won't oh, be happy with yeah. that either. Does he like his golf? Loves though? it. He loves it. How does he, he go? He goes good. Yeah, I'm it? not going to tell him he doesn't yeah. play good golf. He, Have you I, seen him? I don't know Marty Tapao, but I'm just going to assume. I wouldn't like he's to be his golf ball. Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> long off the tee, kind of. Yeah, very much so. He's a good man, Marty. And now we've played a few games of golf together. So now he's a he's a very keen golfer. He's a very keen golfer. So, but yeah, for Manly, um, we all know what their season was like last year, and off the back of the first four weeks of what yeah. it looked like, they'd want to uh, if they can start the season off uh, a little bit better than last year, uh, it's going to be a good season for the Seagulls. When he took that intercept, Sabi, and then he's, you know, he's flying and he didn't even get into to fourth gear. And, nah. And Xavier Savage, who Raiders fans have got a big rap on, was coming across field. And, and I'm thinking, if I'm Xavier Savage, oh, I, I'm not getting him. But, but you've you got, got to chase. Go. You've got to go. Blowing fuel here for what? You've got to chase yeah. him. You've got to chase him. Like, just, okay, you know, you could have seven more footy fields and you're not going to mow him down. But, yeah, when the head goes, and you can just sort of see when you turn around and you're chasing, you see who's got it and you can see how far. The head just sort of goes down a little bit. And you're like, oh, I've got to chase him the whole way. He's just to try and make sure he doesn't get under the sticks, but... It was, uh, I think, uh, look, the Raiders will be happy with the way that they've trialled. We've got a, um, a stack more trials on today. And then um, the NRLW, which I think is um, the 2021 uh, version of NRLW. Yes. They get the double dose, the girls, this year, which uh, I've seen a lot. I've seen the Roosters girls putting in a lot of work. Our man, Jamie Sauer, taking the reins at the uh, at the Dragons. Uh, looking forward to seeing how he goes. I'm not sure. Spoke to him during the week. He's not, I'd say, in, in the box or on the sideline. He thinks he's a bit of a sideline man. Yeah, okay. A bit of a sideline like man. Like Gussie in the Penrith early days, yeah. sort of in the early 90s yeah, days. Yeah, sticky gets, when uh, he goes down there. I'm yeah. not sure if he's going to don the headgear, my little man, Sally. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes as a... As a coach there, and and and, and for watching the the game, I think the the AFLW has been a, a really good start to their season, and I think the NRLW is just going to go strength to strength. Through you see the amount of time that these girls put into it, uh, they're able to train more. Um, the 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 coaching level has gone up. The facilities and the infrastructure around them is great. So I'm looking forward to their season as well. It's going to be massive. Two seasons they've got. They've got Origin. They've got a World Cup. You know that they're now in the shop window. And the chance to make their case for full-time professionalism. And we'd like to see that. Dragons, Titans tomorrow, midday. This is the triple-header to launch the NRLW, followed by the Roosters and the Broncos and the Knights and the Eels. Keep those texts coming in. Uh, we're nearest the pin. Nearest the pin for Gibbo. What time will he lob? Or oh, he may not even lob at the moment. We if, don't someone, if someone wants a, a, a DNF, did not, did yeah, not finish. If you want a did not finish. If someone wants to, uh, wants to claim that he won't love it all, that's, uh, I think that one's still available. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. If you want to chat to Nick Davis on my good self, 1300 011170. It's a soggy Saturday Mowers Club. We'll take a break. Peacock and Nick Davis. Try that again. Julian King in the chair for Adam Peacock. Nick Davis is with me. 0457 736 736. We're playing nearest the pin because Gibbo is missing an action. Paulo says 947. Rooster Man, your 937 is looking a little bit dicey, mate, because you've got about 10 minutes remaining. <laughs> Greenkeeping Rooster, 
He's opted for 10 10. 10 10. That's oh, a little bit. It could be even bit... later than that. I mean, I just don't know. You don't get better than I do. Time <laughs> to boys, time to register a missing person report. Uh, I don't know if he's. I don't, I don't think he's missing. I probably know exactly where he is. But it's not here. And, uh, yeah, if the, the Uber driver, last time uh, Gibber had a little misdemeanor, yeah, we, we got a new listener out of it. He's, we turned his Uber driver into a, uh, a Saturday morning males listener. He was a golfer, I think, from... Uh, I think he played at Wakehurst. But uh, I'm sure there'd be too many, uh, too many people pegging it. Oh, no, Adam is at Bung Boogle, but out there uh, for our Saturday morning mowers. And I don't know... Matora, I've got a hundred years of innovation. If they can put some sort of uh, outboard motor on the uh, on the Toro mower at the moment, <laughs> that's where that's where the innovation needs to be for our uh, for our Saturday morning mowers. Well, you talked about the outboard motor. This story came across my desk during the week, and you'll appreciate it. Robert Connor, Hebersham man, was sentenced for stealing an eleven thousand dollar lawn mower from the mower centre in Jamistown, Jamison Town. And he called himself a, can I say dipshit this morning? Yep. He's a removalist. Thieved a ride on lawnmower in the middle of the night. He told the court he'd failed as a business fan. who's hopped up on drugs and alcohol, decided to, uh, to nick a ride on lawnmower. Right. Yes. I saw this. Look, that's innovative. I'll give him that. I'm not sure how smart it is because it's not the best getaway. No, as much it's as not the best. Toro ride on mower. The Toro is a very powerful ride on, mm. uh, and it is smooth and sleek, and it is whisper quiet. But uh, you, you probably don't want to be uh, scooting down the road on your on your on your ride on mower. <laughs> but he said, so he fronted Penrith local court, and he pleaded guilty to driving while suspended driving with illicit substance. He had methamphetamine in his system. Uh, what happened? is he hired a U-Haul and took it to the mower place, cut the fence down, and from all reports just loaded the thing up. Now, what in your right mind said, you know what, I'm a failed businessman, I want to cut loose, I want Nick a ride on mower? Uh, I think he was going to be... Methamphetamine probably had a the, bit to do with yeah, it. Yeah, there's right. a little bit in his, uh, little bit in his makeup that might have suggested that he could be a little bit loose and do that. But was he a failed businessman and going, well, I think my only... And my my next lot in life is just to become a forest gump, uh, and, and just yeah. and just mow lawns. Mm. And we love our our lawn mowing uh, fraternity out there. That's what we're all about. Well, I, I have a similar story to that. I've told it on the mowers before, but for our new listeners playing along at home, the friend of yeah. mine, uh, his name left the lawn lawn mower. Yeah, you mow in your front lawn. Uh, you're out there. It's quite a warm day. You mow in your front lawn. You go in. Catch is full, leave, push lawnmower out the front, mm. go, the, it might have done the back lawn first, go, oh, the green bin's out the back, go and empty the catcher. It's quite warm. You get a little bit distracted. The first is on at Ramwick. You go and get a drink. The lawnmower's sitting out the front for probably 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> Old mate has come past, thought, council cleanup. Old mate's throwing out this lawnmower. Oh, he's so taking he's it. Taking oh. the lawnmower, pushed it off down the street. Oh. <laughs> and then the owners come back out half an hour, 35 minutes later to, with the catcher. Empty catcher, refueled, probably back the first run at, at Ramwick, had some food, had a drink, gone back out, <laughs> catcher ready to finish off the front lawn. Mower. Mower, gone. Nil by mower. Oh, you snooze, Nil you by lose. Mower. Nil, nil by <laughs> So then there's had to be... <laughs> The ceremonial returning of the, the mower got returned. Yeah, so we're but how, out. how did that happen? What well, 
do you do you knock on the door and say, "Oh, here's the mower back," or do you through in the yeah. in, in the dark of night just push the mower down the driveway and, and out you get? I wouldn't be knocking. How about I just that? quietly return it. It's going like, how is that mower? We'd be throwing out that mower. Yeah, no, it's got inside to get a drink. Look at something which is up. Yeah, I'll help myself. No, no. Really? I already came out and goes, and then you start doubting yourself. Did I leave the <laughs> door? Is it still in the shed? And then you look oh, out the back, and then you yell at the kids. Johnny, where's the lawnmower? Yeah, where's the lawnmower? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the best ones I've heard. I can imagine just coming outside with your catch and just going... Sure, I had a lawnmower of this oh, catcher. Hashtag where is Gibbo? Hashtag where is Gibbo? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Nearest the pin. Uh, what time will Gibbo lob? The correct guess or the nearest to the pin will get themselves a signed Saturday morning mowers club charity shield action tonight at the beautiful Mudgy um, Dragons taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs full strength team for the Dragons too. Just about. We'll talk to Zach Bailey uh, for the break right here. On the Mowers Club. Saturday Mowers Club. Sorry about that, folks. I'm trying to... See, Gibbo's not here, and I'm on the tools this morning, Nick Davis, and, you know, I can't multitask to the extent in which my wife can. And it catches you every time, the end it of the news credits. Coming in cold. 0457 736 736. Where's Gibbo? Hashtag where is Gibbo? Uh, somebody suggested we call Uber. They'll probably have a, a decent idea. If you can estimate what time Gibbo's going to lob, or if he's going to lob, nearest two gets himself a signed Saturday Mowers Club Hat and if you want to chat with Nick Davis, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Time to talk a bit of rugby league on the program, Nick. As we mentioned, you were out there in Gosford last night. The Roosters went down to the Tigers. A tighter affair as well between the Eagles and the Raiders. Zach Bailey from NRL.com. He knows all about rugby league. He's man with the ear to the lawn. He's on the line right now. Morning, Zach. Morning, Julian. How are you? Good, mate. Good. We don't know where Gibbo is. So this is where what is happened. Oh, Zach, do you want to guess? Do you want to do you want to take a guess in our nearest the pin? Where is he and what time will he lob in the SEN? Or you can take the did not finish, did not start, just did not lob at all. Well, he's a fellow Northern Beaches boy, so I might have to jump in the car and go search the uh, the local uh, haunts around here, see if he's down Manly Corso or out, out the front of the old surf rock of Collaroid. There, or maybe out the Newport. So, yeah, I'll see where he's at. Or scout the local breaks, you know. What are <laughs> there might be a little bit out yeah. there, but Zach, the trials last night up in uh, in Gosford, and I said last week on the show, I think the NRL have got the jump on the AFL with with broadcasting these trials, and there was a good crowd up there again last night for the the trials, the first game, the Raiders and the Seagulls. Any news out of that one? Well, the big concern for Manly, and it's the number one fear, I guess, for all coaches going into these trials, is injuries. Um, they got three out of that game. Dylan Walker, Marty Tapao with knee and back injuries. Uh, Des Hasler doing his best, to, as he always does, to play down concerns around those two guys. But there is real concern about uh, around Amoli Olakawatu, who had a subluxation at his elbow. So... Um, I believe that if there's no fracture, it could be uh, two to four weeks. So he's touch and go for round one. Best case scenario, I dare say he'll miss a couple of early rounds uh, for the Seagulls. If there is a fracture there, he could be out for a couple of months. And we've got to remember that Josh Schuster is also out injured with an ankle injury. So they're two boom back rollers that kind of burst onto the scene and took a hell of a lot of pressure off Manly's halves last year. You know, Schuster on the on the edge there with four and then... On the left edge with four and freed him up. And then on the right, uh, took some pressure off Daly Cherry Evans, Olakowatu. So if uh, if those two guys are missing in the first month of footy for Manly, that is uh, pretty concerning because 
you know, Manly need to get a good start if they want to really cement themselves in that top four. The reason why I guess they missed that last year was Tommy Turbo missed the first part of the season and uh, they lost uh, the first four games. So, yeah, uh, praying, Manly fans are praying for positive scan results this morning. It's hard to get a read on the Raiders for 2022, isn't it, Zach? Uh, for those that watched, uh, yeah. I-, I didn't see it all, but from all reports, uh, Jack Whiten was pretty good. Yeah, he was great. It's, it, he's, he's a player that I love to see go well when he, you know, when he's taking on the line, whether it be at origin level, where he's playing for the Kangaroos or for the Raiders. He, he plays his best footy when uh, he takes on the line. He did that last night, scoring a try. He laid on a couple, of, another try as well. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to read whether he'd be back to his best. But obviously last year he was far from his best. He admitted that as well. And there was plenty uh, of uh, disruptions, like I dare say, down in Canberra around the Raiders and Josh Hodgson leaving and uh, potentially leaving. And they lost their halfback, George Williams, halfway through the year. So hopefully some stability there with Jamal Fogarty in the house from the get-go um, will will help Jack White in this year. But, yeah, all positive signs so far. Uh the, the, the big thing for them is who plays uh, in the number one jersey. Apparently, Charles Nickel Cookstar uh, has the wood over Xavier Savage at the moment. But he's going to be hard to leave out of their 17 each week. Yeah, he will. I saw him uh, obviously play the, the week before um, Savage, and he looked really good. And Cookstar, he played a number of positions. But um, the, you mentioned about the halves pairing. What he, Ricky Stewart, was he happy with their first, uh, their first outing together? Uh, Ricky, yeah, he, he said uh, that uh, they were they were solid without being fantastic. I, I think Ricky, well, he's got to settle on those two because they don't really have um, a lot of depth apart from Jamal Fogarty um, and Jack Wyden. They've got Sam Williams who's been there and uh, who's been a great serviceman to their club. But they'll go into round one as the halves, there's no doubt about that. The funny thing about these, these trials is uh, the coaches don't give away much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them don't give away much during the year either, but uh, they don't like to say too much after the game because they just they just can't wait. As long, I, I dare say that they see a couple of positive signs, they're happy. They get through with no injuries, they're happy. Um, and they just can't wait to, to see it all in action in round one. Jimmy Tamo, one of the West Tigers' 50 co-captains, uh, he's in a bit of strife for taking <laughs> out Sammy Walker's legs. Yeah, it was a, it was an ugly one. And, and I dare say, watching it last night, all the replays, it's it's going to be hard for him, I guess, to defend it. I don't know what the grade, the gradings and the charges uh, haven't come through this morning just yet. Um, and he, uh, by no means is he a dirty player. He's one of the cleanest players, you know, across his 14, 15 year career in, in the NRL. But I dare say Jimmy Tamo will sadly uh, miss the first couple of rounds um, of, of the season. But as you said, they've got four other captains that can just lead him out in round one. They, that might be the uh, the way they're doing it. I saw Jaleesa Rapsko that the Tigers are uh, ahead of the curve. So does that mean they get five captains challenges throughout uh, throughout a game? Yeah, I did. I did see that. I thought that was um, <laughs> yeah great from her. I don't. Th- I don't think they would. But I, I tell you what, it would be a master stroke if Tim Sheens came back and said, "Hang on a minute, we're going to find a loophole in these, in these rules and and get five captains challenges." But uh, no, I, I dare say that won't be the case come round one. And Zach, we saw, we spoke a little bit earlier in the show, the Roosters with players coming back from injury. Lindsay Collins from that ACL last year. Joey Manu from the, the face injury uh, that happened uh, up in in Queensland. Uh, every, all the Roosters boys get through unscathed. Uh, yeah, those two guys, uh, well, firstly, someone like Lindsay Collins after an ACL, great to see uh, him come through. Um, 
a match. You've got uh, Sam Walker, is, I guess, the, the, the concern there. He left and failed a HIA. I, I mean, you might know more, Nick, but um, he was battered and bruised last year, and I guess he's got to get a lot of um, traffic coming his way. Uh, the, the best thing about it is there's still, you know, two weeks, essentially, till uh, round one. So hopefully Sam Walker will be fit to play um, in round one. Uh, they play uh, the Knights on the Saturday, so it's, it's a longer turnaround. Um, than just, you know, if they're playing Thursday night, who knows? Um, he may be ruled out. But, no, he, hopefully uh, Sam Walker's there in the halves uh, alongside Luke Keery, who uh, hasn't returned from his ACL. Um, was it stress fractures he had in his in his lower leg or foot? He's breaking yeah. up there, Zach. I can't quite. No, it's, uh, no Luke's <laughs> been training really well, actually. Uh, he was part of the uh, all the uh, he, he trained yesterday with the with the boys that didn't go up to to Gosford and played, and, and he's on track. Um, as far as I, he's my, my number one option as the kicking coach, so I'm be pretty keen to see Luke Kerry out there, as long as well as all Roosters fans would be too. For um, yeah, to to get players back from ACLs, and, and the Roosters have had a, a little bit of a run at it the last few years with a lot of guys going down. Victor Radley and Sam Verrills two years ago, and then and then Kez and, and Lindsay Collins. But uh, on the Tigers, Jackson Hastings, former Rooster, being coming back into the unreal. He looked pretty sharp last night. Yeah, great signs um, for Jackson Hastings. He was all class. Um, just a couple of just a couple of touches. Like I guess the big thing is he absolutely dominated the Super League over there, and I guess he had to go away not only from a professional perspective, but a personal perspective. And he just said it was great to to get away from the bubble that is the rugby league here. And, you know, he, he probably didn't leave the Roosters on the best of terms. He didn't leave Manly on the best of terms. But he's grown up a lot on and off the field. And, yes, it was a trial match. But the Roosters, as you know, Nick, you know, they're one of the powerhouses in this competition. And just a couple of touches, I think, will have Tigers fans really, really excited about what he can do. Um, he'll find himself in the number six jersey early in the year. I guess the big headache, and it's probably a good headache later in the year, is when Adam uh, Dewey returns. Mm. Uh, what match does then? Whether Jackson Hastings becomes a 13, whether Dewey is in the centres, or whether he's, you know, the six. Um, but yeah, positive signs there. I, I think Jock Madden was also um, solid in periods when he was out there, uh, laying on a try for Luciano Leilua. But um, yeah, just good to see Jackson Hastings back. It's a great story heading into this year, and I, I don't think many people would want to uh, see him fail in his comeback to the NRL thing. Everyone will be uh, supporting him, given what he's been through, and, and hoping that his second uh, crack at it at the NRL is, um, is everything he hoped in his first crack. Yep, no doubt. We've got the Charity Shield tonight, Zach. Uh, two pretty decent lineups that Demetrio and Griffin have trotted out. This is what I'm looking forward to. The clash of two Burgess boys, or Burgi, as they say in rugby league parlance. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully, hopefully they do come together. Yeah, um, because there'd be nothing worse than you know it is hyped up, and I guess it's in a way it's been a storyline that's it's it's been there, but it's been lost a bit because in my, you know like I've been focusing on um, you know Lachlan Ilias and how he's going to um, kind of fill that number seven role without Adam Reynolds there, and uh, I guess that's that's a big talking point for the Bunnies. But in terms of yeah, this week. Wouldn't it be great to see the two Burgess boys just square off and go, come at me? Um, I don't know who would win the battle at the moment because apparently George is in the best shape ever. Mm. Um, well, that he's been in years. But, uh, yeah, that, that should be a cracking contest. And all, all the trials this weekend, tonight, there's, there's a lot of storylines to be settled. Um, you know, Sean Johnson comes back, he returns for the Warriors. Uh, to play alongside uh, Reese Walsh potentially for the first time. We've got the Battle of the West. 
which will be soggy, I dare say, out in the Golden West. Um, and then with the Broncos and the Sharks, their, their spines are well and truly unsettled just two weeks out from the comp. So, yeah, plenty going on in, uh, in this week two of the trials. In the NRLW tomorrow, just very quickly, triple header there at McDonald Jones Stadium. You know, it's there's no better chance now with two seasons at Origin of World Cup for, for them to make the case for full-time professionalism. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, couldn't agree more. The, the one thing I will say is I sat down with Ali Brigginshaw, who's the best player in the game. She's pushing all for that, 100%. But I asked her about expansion beyond this year, or beyond this competition, given there's another competition at the end of the year. And she said, let's settle down on expansion in terms of teams. Let's have more games. So she doesn't want eight teams necessarily coming in at the back end of this year or even next year. She says, you know, let's have, let's have six teams for, say, two, three, four years and build a competition. Have, you know, everyone plays each other twice. Um, and then have you know finals at the back end of it, and I tend to agree that might not happen at the back end of this year. But moving forward, I dare say that could be a, a good model. Um, I just hope the weather holds off in Newcastle mm. tomorrow because mm. the, the the women have been waiting so long for this. I mean, you know, we wish this could have been playing at the back end of last year throughout the finals, and then obviously COVID wreaked havoc. Uh, yeah, wreaked havoc on the competition. The men's comp had to go up to to Queensland, so um, it's it's so exciting. Um, six teams, three of them fresh in the Titans, the Eels and the Knights. Um, the Broncos looking to go, what, four straight. The Roosters looking uh, to show them who's boss, giving their boss two grand finals to them. So I'll be up there all day uh, in uh, hopefully sunny Newcastle <laughs> and not drizzly Newcastle. Good luck. Always good to chat, Zach. Thank you, mate. Enjoy the footy. And if you find Gibbo, just flick us a text. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Nick. There he is, Zach Bailey from NRL.com. Lowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Well, I don't think it's raining at Farm Bugle. Adam Peacock's chasing a white ball around. It is chucking down in Sydney. Ten races on the card today. Uh, how many do you reckon we'll get? Uh, um, I hope we get to the last. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll do the stupid. I'll do the stupid multi. Yeah. But then I'll take Gibbo's. Uh, not Gibbo. Gibbo's on the brain here. Adam Peacock's tip as well. And hopefully we can get to the last race at Randwick. But uh be a heavy 10 if that's all you want to give it. But it'd be a lot more than that. But uh, it'll be an interesting day there at Randwick. Also Caulfield. Uh, you got the uh, the Blue Diamond on down there. Racing's really hotting up. But we've got, we've got some text. We've got some text. So uh, I'll start with the uh, Ben from San Susie. All the chat at the pub last night was Nick Davis' invention of the wheel when it comes to the 2040. The anticipation was through the roof for the Roosters game. Did it happen? No, it didn't happen last night. And it probably will never happen, the 2040. It, oh, was there one last year we were talking about? I, it might have been one. I think there could have been one. There could have been one. So... Um, it was interesting, but no, the conditions, prevailing conditions last night at the Central Coast were not. But the boys did kick pretty well. If you Our, had a tailwind, though, you'd give it a lash. If you had a tailwind, you'd, you'd give it a bit of a, you'd give it a crack of, with a tailwind. And look, it, it's very uh, 
if you were you know, behind with a minute to go, you might have had a, a scrum or a kickoff or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, the 2040 never happened. But our other one, I love this one. I love this one. Hi, I am Rooster Man's sister. It was awesome <laughs> to see his Mowers Club merch, but I had a laugh when he went to visit 80-year-old mum, decided to hand, to help out with the... I hope he didn't put the the, the Mowers Club stuff in the washing machine with uh, with mum's whites, but uh, he washed the clothes with a crushed washing machine cleaner tablet and old mum was horrified. I think he should give his merch to me, Miss Ziggy. Because I have his mower and whippersnipper, wrist man. <laughs> Don't let you can never ever. That's no, that's we've got rules. We've, we've got mowers club rules, and I think lending mower and whippersnipper is right up there. He never, you can't. It never comes back the same way, unless maybe you give it to Miss Ziggy, the sister who looks after it and does some of his work. But uh, as she said, uh, I know he loves the show and put me on to listening. So Miss Ziggy will get you your own. Mowers Club merchandise. Don't worry about borrowing. You don't have to, you, mate. You can borrow the whippersnipper. You can borrow the lawnmower off Rooster Man, but you don't need to borrow his merchandise. No. We'll get you out your own merch. Well, what did you say this morning about forewarned and forewarned is forearmed? Yeah. Well, what do they say? Never uh, uh, be a. No, how does it go? Don't be a. Never be a borrower or a lender. Or I've absolutely missed that. We'll Google that. And if anyone yeah, knows yeah. what Jules is trying to, if anyone you know can what put I, you know what words in Jules' mouth and help us out, that would be great. Just back to Ben from San Susi, this bloke talking about this wonderful uh, innovation known as the 2040. 2040. Uh, ben said that the bloke leading the chat was a fellow calling himself Gibbo. So make it oh, sure we're, we're starting to put together the pieces of the Gibbo puzzle. Anyone that, that w- would potentially at Leichhardt Oval last night that saw our man Gibbo uh, at the Tars Reds game and... and May have tracked his his whereabouts after that. Can you let us know? If you don't know what he looks like, he's your stereotypical surfer, that sort of sand matty, long hair, just sits above the shoulders. Ranger, um, everything is hung as. as good as he's hung he's, as. He's hung as. Yeah, Shervo aspirations, hung as. Uh, that's what he looks like. He's a little freckly as well. We've also season. the rooster man. If you, I haven't given you a pay there, but uh, your guess for I think you were nine thirty four, nine thirty seven. You're gone. Uh, yeah, you're out. You know what? I'll give you another crack. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number. See, I'll just blame that all on Gibbo, Nick Davis. So a couple of people we had guesses. Paulo said what nine forty seven. That's gone, Paulo. Rooster Man nine thirty seven. You're no chance. We had another punt on ten ten. I think that was Greenkeeping Rooster. We're playing nearest the pin for where is Gibbo. So I tell you what, I tell you what, I'll give you another crack. I'll give you another crack. Yeah. He may not even After wipe. 10, we'll wipe the slate. Are we going to wipe the clean? Yeah. Yeah. We can have another guess. Hi, boy. Steve from uh, Waraknabil. Three weeks from Friday night. He's on a bender. Well, I think we've established that much. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Hulky from Oberon. Hello to you, Hulky. JK off the bench today. Yes, I am. Good to hear your vocal cords. Good on you. Track stewards claiming Randwick will go ahead today. Clowns. Clowns. <laughs> well, you reckon there's no chance? Just get us to race Hulk. 10, please. Just, just get us to... Well, you get out stakes for you. Yeah. you got to whisper, do you? I have. Tell me that during the news. Okay. Uh, for the news, we're going to catch up with our good friend Nick McArdle from Stan Sports to uh, chat a bit of rugby. I think Nick might have witnessed that game between the Reds and the Tars at Leichhardt. Nick, if he you might saw have seen Gibbo... <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him that off the bat. Nick McArdle joining us after the break here on the Mowers Club. Saturday morning, Julian King in the chair for Adam Peacock. Nick Davis is with us as well. The text line number 0457 736 736. Stick around.
mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. We're jumping around in the studio. We're certainly more animate, animated than Gibbo is at the moment. Eight four five seven seven. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he's still going. He could be. He could be. Still he's got going. age on his side, and we have to say a big thanks to Pat, who's done the mad dash in the studio to help us yes. through because we've got a few gremlins in the system. I didn't know any of the logins, so I thought we're going to just go cold here. As a former high-rating breakfast radio announcer would say, well, it's the joys of live radio. No? It's joys of live radio. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now Paulo had a guess as to what time Gibbo might lob. He said nine forty seven. Well, that's out the that's window. Out. You, you clean the slate at ten o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, he's renominated now. Nick Davis. Have a mulligan. Ten twenty six. Ten twenty six. He's uh, had a mulligan. Well. They get one, don't they? One mulligan. Yeah, so no more guesses for you, Paulo. So 10.26. So he's gone 10.26. Now, Bondi Jack, he's always very forthright with his opinion on the text line. JK and ND, well done, Jared Sutton, a 9-1 penalty count, stitching up the chooks again to ensure an inept, busted joint. Three tries to two in with 12 extra sets. A final try set at all. Two passes, both forward a mile. Tigers get 30 tackles at a time on our line. Get to defend with impunity all night. When we earn a set on their line, uh, even in a trial of Sutton bias and irrefutably warped loss ratio of a decade under Sutton is extraordinary. Uh, good morning to you, Bondi Jack. I'm, I hope you got that out of your system. Hey, Jack, it's a trial, mate. It's a trial. And you had no Tedesco, no Kiri, no Jared, no Takiaho, no Connor Watson, I'm missing someone else, no Suwali. Suwali. Don't stress, Bondi Jack. Nick, you were there. I was there. Tell him not to stress. Don't stress. Thanks, man. Jack, we'll be sweet. Now, a man that may or may not have seen <laughs> our friend Gibbo at the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval last night. Soggy conditions where it was the Reds who got home in a close one against the Waratahs. But if you're a Tars fan after a lean year, uh, there's still something to take out, of that, take out of that. I'd talk about our good friend Nick McArdle from Stan Sport. He's on the line right now. Morning, Nick. Gentlemen, how are you? Yes, it was, uh, it was a cracking game. There's been a few of those New South Wales-Queensland games over the past few years that haven't risen to any great heights. Last night was a little bit different. It was a good game. It's one of those ones where you say, because of the history of the rivalry, you, you throw mm. the form book out the window. Not that, you know, yeah, and... <laughs> it's early in the season, understandably, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... And, and the thing is, too, that uh, I think... Uh, the weather kind of helped in that regard. Um, you know, it kind of dragged things down a little bit. But to both teams' credit, they tried to play some rugby last night. You know, the, the temptation in those conditions is to um, just play territory. Uh, and for good or bad, they uh, they actually both had a had a real crack last night. It was it was entertaining. It was it was pretty physical, and there was um, a few dust ups as well. No haymakers like they used to throw, but uh, yeah, a few few handbags at four paces, so it was all right. <laughs> okay, four paces. <laughs> Rather you than me there, Nick, telling those boys about their handbags. But the Reds, the, the start to their season, we'll start with them first. How have you seen the, the first couple of games from the Reds? Yeah, I don't think they're probably overly uh, thrilled with the way they're playing, but they're, they're managing to win, um, which is the mark of a good side. And also the fact that I think they managed to have a, a degree of success last year. And, you know, as you know, very well, Nick. That that winning, learning how to win, and making winning a habit is is really valuable when it comes to tight games like last night. You know, you wind that 
game back maybe two years, three years, uh, and and the Reds probably would have struggled in that environment late. Um, but they have a real self-belief. And the fact they did it last night as well, uh, without Tanya Latupo, mm. who uh, tweaked his back earlier in the week, they kept that a pretty good secret. He tried to warm up last night, um, doing some um, scrumming, though, just decided that he couldn't do it. So he was a, a late withdrawal. That, that news broke. You know, minutes before the game, uh, and Michael Checker, who was sitting on our panel, basically said, "Well, well, that's it. We can all go home now." Um, you know, that's how important he is to that side. So the fact that the Reds managed to get the win without him was uh, was pretty impressive. And further to that, they lost their captain Tate McDermott at halftime. I think too. That's, I guess, one of the other pleasing things too for for Brad Thorne. He's been named captain this year. He's up against Jake Gordon, but. And it was O'Connor's perfect night with a boot that got them over the line. Yeah, uh, and, you know, full full credit. There we go. There's a cliche. Full yeah. credit to James O'Connor. Um, he, the way he's turned his uh, career around, it's pretty well documented now, but, you know, he felt unwanted by Australian rugby and Australian rugby didn't want him, you know, three or four years ago. And uh, uh, he's come back and, and really turned himself around uh, a model citizen on and off the field. Now, he played his 100th Super Rugby game uh, last week against the Rebels in Brisbane. So, uh, you know, the fact that he would have even got to 100 games, and he now is such an important player for not only the Reds in terms of, you know, that seniority and, and leadership when well, not only Tate McDermott but Liam Wright, the, the other co-captain, he didn't play last night because of a shoulder injury. So to be able to rely on uh, on James in that environment is is really important and you know two or three years ago we were talking about the Reds as being you know basically kids you know the the babies of the competition and they were but what that's meant is that they've they've grown up um you know significantly over the last couple of years they won Super Rugby AU last year so they've they've got some although they're still young in terms of years they've got some maturity in terms of you know games played that's a good point, Nick. I think when Brad Thorne took over, I think people were thought he'd, he'd sprinkle the magic all blacks dust over them and, and they'd be a, a, a great team straight away. But they've stuck solid with him and they're starting to get a little bit of reward for that now. They, they are. And the thing about Brad Thorne is even um, we, we did a an opener with him for um, the first match last weekend. And, you know, in preparation for that, even he admitted that, you know, he... He really didn't not have a lot of idea. Of course, he had an idea what he was doing, but you know he's grown as a, a coach as well. He's kind of added onto his coaching skill set. When he first started, he was very much, you know, come on, fellas, I'll I'll show you, you know, how to lift weights. You know, I'll show you how, how to hard work uh, work hard at, at training. Um, but there's some finesse now and some some rugby smarts that have been folded into that program, which which maybe you know two or three years ago they didn't have. Uh, and Jim Mackay, their backs coach, who doesn't get a lot of uh, the plaudits, but he should. Uh, he was um, he was Ewan McKenzie's uh, assistant coach when the Reds won in 2011, and he's one of the smartest rugby brains going around. So, you know, Brad Thorne, having come from the All Blacks, is smart enough. I and the Crusaders, a successful program there, and you know, he's played all over the world. He's smart enough to know that. For a successful program to exist, you you can't have just the one guy. You've got to have a, a team of coaches, and he's managed to assemble a, a really good team and put together a really good program. Hey, just on Brad Thorne, I spoke to 
Angus Blythe a couple of weeks ago, and, and I said, look, is Brad Thorne like Darth Vader, right? Because, you know, he played Origin for Queensland, mm-hmm. uh, played Rugby League for Australia, and then became one of the great All Blacks. So do you as an Aussie, Angus, look, look at your coach and think, you know what, he's black, but you know, there's still a bit of good in him. You know, next time Australia, <laughs> you know, meet New Zealand Blairs like Cup, do you, you know, say uh, there's a try and Australia get it back to, say, 24-all, and do you see just Brad cheering? He no, no chance. He's an all-black <laughs> through and through. Uh, just a word on the Wallabies. The Wallabies, sorry, the Waratahs, Nick. Darren Coleman, I mean, he's got a reputation as a rebuild sort of coach, but, you know, there seems to be some green shoots out of this camp. There really is. And in some ways, I don't, I don't want to draw the comparison between Brad Thorne and Darren Coleman, um, because Darren Coleman's coaching resume, um, you know, is a lot longer than, than Brad Thorne's. But what they've both tried to do is put together a, a program that's enjoyable, that the players want to play for each other. You know, Brad Thorne talks about wanting his players to, and he uses the word love, love each other. He said, he, he said, I know that's a bit, that's a bit kind of, you know, um, soft and Nancy, but it's it's actually really important that the players want to play for each other, and that's exactly what Darren Coleman does in these teams that he goes into and he, and he turns around. You look what he did with Gordon in Shoot Shield. You know, they went from bottom to top in two seasons, and that was largely about environment. Now, of course, you've got you know the, the technicalities of the game, but if you've got uh, guys who really care for each other and want to play for each other, then you're halfway there. Um, and the other thing that the Waratahs talk about, and Jake Gordon spoke about um, Angus Bell when he won uh, his Player of the Match award in the first game and he spoke about it as well. The fact that even after last year when they didn't win a game, they still, there was no backstabbing, there was no sort of backbiting and, and talking behind each other's backs. They were still quite united as a team and, and Darren Coleman said that he was quite amazed by that when he came in, that you'd still got a group of blokes who'd gone through so much and had so little success in 2021 still really cared for each other and wanted to play for each other. So, you know, he's, he's put that environment in, but he's also um, put in some really good systems. And, and the, the Waratahs legend, Chris Whitaker, is their attack coach. And we saw some of that last night. Um, and I was saying that, you know, you wouldn't expect them to want to play expansive rugby and put the ball through their hands, but they did, and they did it well. So there's some skill there as well. And I think you're right. There's some, some green shoots as a team, but also as... Individual, individuals, there's some, some guys there who's gonna, who are going to play a lot of rugby for the Waratahs and potentially a lot of rugby for the Wallabies as well. We get some tips off you for the other Aussie teams in action today. Nick, we've got the Brumbies and the Fijian Drua and the Rebels and the Force. Yeah, so hard to go past um, the Brumbies today. The Fijian Drua will get better than they were against the Waratahs in their first outing last week. And you know their attitude is good. Um, they'll put some uh, they'll put some polish on their game, but I think the Brumbies still far too good. And I was in Canberra last week to see the Force just go down to the Brumbies. There's a bit about the Force this year, and I think they'll probably have too much uh, for the Rebels in Melbourne tonight. And a sad sad week in in global rugby, and but in particular for New Zealand and the All Blacks, uh, the passing of two wingers, uh, Vainga Tigamala. You know what the thing about him, Nick is. He's probably my earliest memory of watching the All Blacks. He was kind of Jonah before Jonah. He's passed away. And then we read about the lost speaker to Jonah. His good mate, Jolie Vadiri, uh, also suffering kidney disease, has passed away as well. Yeah, Inga the Winger, hey, first up. I mean, that, that broke on, I think, Friday. And there was a lot of sadness around the rugby world. And, and you're right, people talk about Jonah, but um, they also forget that, that this guy was doing Jonah things before Jonah. You're absolutely right. Um, and then... 
Jolly, the, the news came out. We were trying to work out just last night how to talk about Inger and, and you know who was going to say what. And I know that Tim was very keen on on having a bit to say. Uh, and then the word the word came through about Jolie passing away, and and that really rocked. I mean, Drew Mitchell was sitting next to me, and he he didn't play against him. They didn't quite cross over at the start of Drew's career, but um, yeah, just just a lot of sadness yesterday, and and. Those two passings will really resonate in New Zealand because much, much loved amongst the um, the islander community. No doubt. Uh, you didn't see our mate Gibbo last night, body chance, did you, Nick? Because he's missing in action today. He said, oh, "I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be well hung. I'm going, going to like it. I'm going to watch the Rara. I'll be sweet to back up, boys. It's now ten sixteen, and he's he's nowhere to be seen. I've jumped on the tools. I don't know any of the login, so we're going in blind. And you know, this is live radio, of course. But oh, that's but you've got Nick with you, and he'd be all over it, I reckon, wouldn't he? My, my preparation is <laughs> my Davis. preparation is second to none. Yeah, he tuned out for the second half of this interview. He's having a punt. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, no, I okay. love the Super My team. I'm a Chiefs man. Actually, I love the the Chiefs. They had a good win last week. What? Yeah, I'm a Chiefs how, man. How do you man. become a Waikato Chiefs? Man? Yeah, well, the, in former life, my ex-wife was from uh, Waikato. Well, she was from Hamilton and Matter Matter. So I, um, oh, yeah, I'm a Chiefs man. Yeah, I've got a soft spot for the uh-huh. Chiefs because my one of my best mates' wives, uh, she's from Hamilton. Yeah. She used to be a former roommate of, of Marty Holler, if you remember Nick McArdle. So there you go. There you go. There's two people who managed to get out of Hamilton, which is most people who live in Hamilton's aim, I would have imagined. <laughs> What's so bad about Hamilton? You're not a rap. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the same about Auckland. Mate, we'll let you go. Always good to chat. Thank you, mate. We'll catch all your work on Stan Sport. See you guys. Here is Nick McArdle, 0457 736 736. You know, if, if she's your ex-wife, you don't have to still go for them, Nick. No, well, they win. They so, start. No, they win. Oh, they win, <laughs> they right. win. So if they were going like busteds, would you hop off? No, not really. Oh, like, yeah. No, I'm a Chiefs man. Yeah. I've got to stick solid. I've got to stick solid somewhere. That's true. My dad was born in Dunedin. Right. Yeah. So I've got to, my grandfather served in the New Zealand Navy, so I think technically I'm eligible to represent New Zealand, which is not ever going to be what? an issue at anything. What are you but gonna... doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny you say that because we say if you reckon, you know, when once you hit forty, you think, oh, and you're not an athlete. If I'm still a chance of representing my country at something, if I started now, what would it be? And then this is what I came up with: curling. Everyone says that. I know. That's I, reckon, I, wants to be I, a I can sweep ice with the best of them. It, um... <laughs> it, well, it doesn't well, look too physically well, taxing, right? I reckon it would be. What? Curling? Yeah. What? I reckon it would be. <laughs> It'd be hard work. What, the, the sweeping or Forearms like the, the be... sliding the kettle sort of No, nah, not sliding the kettle. The kettle would be right. I just don't yeah. want to get anything jammed in between the two kettles. That would be quite, uh, no, well, quite an issue. But, no, the sweeping... But uh, the Winter Olympics did come to an end, and I'll put it on the show, maybe last week before. Winter Olympics greater than Summer Olympics? No. No. I think they are. No. Sports-wise. You mentioned Summer Olympics. Uh, we'll talk about another passing after the break. Uh, just on curling, Tyler Gill, Dean Hewitt, who proudly flew the Australian flag, and they kicked off the Winter Olympics with a curling. And mm-hmm. it got everyone to go, how good is this? Uh, that, look, they acquitted themselves pretty well. They are actually, Nick Davis, friends of the Mowers Club. Are they? Yeah, this is the week where you were away, Adam was away, Gibbo was here, miraculously. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and I filled in with Dougie Bollinger. Uh, yeah, we had Tali Gill and Dean Hewitt on the program. So they are officially wow. friends of the Mowers. In fact, we should send Did they get merchandise? Olympic... No, well, we didn't have it, I don't oh, think. Oh, imagine if she was... Carrying the flag with the 
Richie Richardson mowers. That'd be a proud moment, wouldn't it, right? Chapelli cap on. Yes. Wow. Friend of the Mowers Club. We missed the trip Tyler there, Gill, didn't we? Uh, Dean Hewitt. Yeah, although it runs in the rain, does it run in the snow? Oh, wow. Well, this is true. No, it's, it's, yeah. all, it's an all-weather floppy cap. Yeah, it's like the, like the older, the silver foxes who put the all-about men or the just-for-men in their hair. Oh, I'm not you know, then, it, then it rains and then you just get the chestnut trickling down the forehead. Did you get the photo shoot yesterday? No, no? Mate, I'm, I'm a part-time. <laughs> yeah, I'm a casual. I think I give it to Joel. I give it to Joel yesterday, mm-hmm. and we spoke about it. And uh, the the team photo day, photo shoot day in in AFL and and, and even in rugby league land is a much you need to know. It, it's important you know when team photo photo shoot day is because it's team photo. It's yeah. your Back in the, I think I said, I mean, the fridge magnet badges for for your year. You mm. you've got to get your preparation for that right. Uh, if, if in, in your personal grooming, well, uh, I'm you, glad you, you brought stubble, that. Your stubble, if you want, yeah. beard or no beard. Yeah. Your your haircut, mm. your sharpness there, and and Joel got it asked about this week. Very, he was down there. He swept all in the junior in the junior touch state championships yeah. down there with the with the Cronulla boys. And well done to Joel and Gal and the boys done the big show and all the kids down there. Well done on your uh, on your state championship. But Joel got so swept up in his Vince Lombardi and and his and his coaching, he forgot that he was out in the sun for three straight days, and got burnt to a crisp. So he's sort of. Well, Rabs Warren level. Well, we all got together, shifted yeah. back forty-five minutes yesterday when he walked into makeup and we yeah. two tubs of aloe, three tubs of foundation. Exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Does anyone? Let me ask you this before, and we've got to get to a break. Did anyone on photo day sort of do the warning and pop the diuretic beforehand just to? You know, no, it's the other way. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be. To be Swan, so hang on, Swan, you want to say Swansea, hey, yeah. and uh, entry is you got ground level, and then you got level one, level two, yeah. and generally for photo day, you'd be straight down to to the basement level, get your kit, and head. A few of the boys made it. The gym was on level one, and you'd just see a couple of boys just walk their way up the stairs to level one and come back just a little bit more, mm, just punch out a bit a more good girth yeah. in the biceps. Okay. You reckon anyone notices in the photos apart from them? Yeah, and there was that, yeah. and then there also was the one where if you're out there, you'd stand up on the tippy toes. You don't want to be a short yeah, guy. No, that's true. You don't want to be a short guy. Yeah. So the hyphenator, Lewis, would always be like back middle. You know, the tall one always oh, goes. About, he'd be right? happy to stand next to uh, LRT. Yeah. There'd be some guys you wouldn't want to stand next to, make you look yeah. small. Right. So LRT what? was all right. Paulie? He'd be so big. They'd make you look small. No, but I could. St- I'd stand up on the chairs and then I'd get yeah, on okay, tippy toes. Right, yeah, yeah, gotcha, that, yes. that was my tippy toe secret. I yeah. was always at the back somewhere. Mm. So did Jimmy Bartell have the big beard at pre-season photos? There's a few. Bud had there. a big beard in one. I remember at the Swannies. Um, but um, it, Jimmy, there was, did Goodsy rock a beard for a while? He, he, yeah. Not as much as that. Yeah. I, the Geelong guys, Joe Corey, had the big beard. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's one there where uh, yeah, the the vanity comes out in a Maxie few. Maxie Gorn. Yeah. Maxie. There's a shot there. We were watching the replay of the Manly game. Uh, big Josh Papali. I'm not sure he'd be... Papali'i. Papali'i. He wouldn't... Uh, oh, I think he'd just roll into photo day and just stand there and give us your best shot. Then off he'd, off he'd drop. Yeah. Iglesias, the right side of the face. 0457 736 736. Uh, Max says Gibbo will be on air after the 10.30 news, approximately 10.33. Got about 10 minutes. We'll take a break. On SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. 
still no sign of Gibbo. It's looking grimmer by the minute. <laughs> Max is 10.33. I think you kissed that good All bets could be refunded here. Yeah, we could wipe the slate at 11, but there's probably not much. Point. At what point when yeah. you're going to be late to work do you just go, you know, chips in, I'm... Yeah, halfway point, which would be 10.30, yeah, okay. I reckon. So you've got three yep. minutes, Gibbo. You've got three minutes. Uh, charge sheet through. James Tamo will miss only West Tigers season opener for his shot on the Roosters' half. Sam Walker, he's going to be sidelined for one game with an early guilty plea if he fights the charges and loses. He will be missing for two matches, but he'd be mad to fight the charges for taking out Sam Walker's legs. He would, and also with breaking news. we This is what we do here on the Mowers Club. Do, do we, we have a little breaking news, like a little sting out there, Pat? Oh, Gibbo would have something there, surely. It'll be something. Just, uh, da, 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 just click da, da, something. Da, da, anyway, da, 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 anyway the, the 3 o'clock game, the Warriors-Titans game, has been postponed till Monday at the uh, the Morton Daly Stadium up there in Redcliffe. Mm. So the 3 o'clock game will be postponed. So all those Warriors and Titans fans that were heading to the game would have been packed. Yes. You can, uh, you can put the feet up and wait till Monday for that game. And that is due to inclement weather. Inclement weather. Yeah. Like how Maybe they, 10. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. So if you have to look after the playing surface at Morton Daly Stadium and it buckets rain all week, I mean, what do you do? do you, how do you trim it? You don't. But whatever they did at Central Coast, it was if, if I could have got out there with a 56-degree wedge last night, yeah. I would have. It was just crisp, yeah. the grass up there at the Central Coast. Do they use that hybrid turf that, you know, sort of interweed with like an Astro? I don't know. No, 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 no. no. It's just pure grass. Just just beautifully done. It's just beautiful grass. Central Coast. I I was at my my local sports ground a couple of weeks ago, and the guy was redoing the lines. And all the local community grounds, I don't know if you notice, they all mark the lines black. Right. But at every major stadium, they're white. And I thought, what's the difference? Black, white. But then a few people wrote in, and apparently there is a difference. Black lasts longer than the white does. Okay. I don't know why. I'm not sure about that. I would have thought the integrity of paint's the integrity of (laughs) paint. But there are, yeah, smarter minds Uh, you and I. It's like the the red cricket ball and the the pink one. The pink, yeah, yeah, or even the white white dye. Uh, We're talking about Summer Olympics. Uh, We should mention this, and you would have heard it in your news bulletins, that Australia has lost one of its great athletes, John Landy. Nick has passed away at the age of 91, the, the middle-distance legend. Second man he was, John Landy, to break the four-minute mile. He passed away at his home yesterday in Victoria. He had a long battle with Parkinson's. So what an affliction that is. But you may remember, a, a man of huge integrity and a man of huge class, responsible for mm-hmm. the finest and most selfless Australian sporting moment of the 20th century. And this was during the Australian Mile Championship at Melbourne's Olympic Park. This was back in 1956. A lap and a half to go. And another one of our great runners, his young compatriot, Ron Clark, tripped and fell. So Landy leaps over Clark, turns back, helps his rival to his feet. The field rushed past him, gets back in the race. He checked on Clark, got going again, circled the field, John Landy, and won a race that assured him a place in the Australian Olympic team. Now, that was voted the finest sporting moment of the century in 1999 by the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. I wish he had been in some of my 3K time trials. He would have been forever coming back to the back of the pack to rescue me well, and get me to the front. I think he he ran never a, would have finished. Oh, I he think was, he, he ran a 4-4 in the end. They reckon it cost him about seven seconds, and, and he still won the race. Yeah, I couldn't. I had none of those excuses in my time trials, yeah. unfortunately. He was a humble man. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's remembered for that. He's like, I kind of don't want to be remembered for that. It was great. I helped out my mate Ron Clark. I just want to be remembered as a, as a great runner, as a great runner. So Vale, wow. the great middle-distance runner, John Landy, passed away 
at the age of 91. 0457 736 736. Mac, you're 10.33. Eastern Daylight Time. We've got oh. about 90 seconds, mate. We've got about 90 seconds, so we can kiss that goodbye. And Paulo said 10.26. Well, Paulo, you're stricken now. You're gone. Yep, you've had your mulligan. You had, you had your yeah. mulligan. Speaking mate. of mulligans, yes. Brad Clifton coming up very shortly. Uh, Australian Golf Digest to talk all things. The world of golf is... And I think we've seen all sports sort of keep evolving with your big bash and your and your private entities and your private ownership. But this Saudi golf league has set the cat amongst the absolute pigeons in the world of golf. Well, now it's dead in the water for the time being. <laughs> for the time being, according to Greg Norman, we'll speak to Brad after the news. Ten thirty-three is out the window. It's now ten thirty-three at the third stroke. It'll be ten thirty-three and fifty-one seconds. Boop. 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 Uh, this one here, Matt. Hello, Matty. Boys, Gibbo sighting is getting. Shacked at Queenscliff as we speak. Massive barrels, absolutely sick surfing. No there show. you go. Oh, that's it. That is the gnarliest the text we've had we've on the program the this morning. The, there's, and for those of you out there braving this, there's gnarly barrels out there from what have been perusing the, uh, the coastline of Sydney the last couple of weeks. Good luck. Adam Peacock's on the northern coastline of Tasmania, chasing a white ball around oh, Barmbuga. I hope he has a thousand. I really mm. hope. And I don't want to be hey, at the top of the show and man, Brad's going to join us from Australian Golf Digest. I don't want to be that guy when you have golf envy when you're mate and you're here working on the Saturday morning. And I love speaking to our mowers and our mowers club fraternity. Mm. But when Adam's down there playing at Barmbuga, I just hope it's blowing sideways. You shouldn't wish ill on people, Nick. Uh, and he'd be doing the same to me. Yeah. It, it might, it might get, it might keep him straight. Who knows? It's a real brotherhood. But you it mentioned is. he was a lefty, and I said maybe he wanted to change his change his game to a right-handed golf game because there's a lot of heat on Phil Mickelson at the moment. This Saudi golf league, we think at the moment, is dead in the water. Although Greg Norman begs to differ. Brad Clifton is from Australian Golf Digest. Is on the line right now. Hello, Brad. G'day, boys. Hey, don't don't say too much about us left-handers, mate. We're oh, you're right. on, he's, he's another he one. on the other side of the ball as well. Mate, we stand on the right side of the ball. <laughs> As in correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Very, right. very correct, Brad. But at the moment, golf, the game of tradition, the the, the time-honoured, the game, the RNA and the PGA... It's been long a game of four majors. Uh, the uh, as I said before the break, the the cat has been put among the pigeons with the Saudi Golf League. Uh, what what do you know about it, and where are we at? Well, we can always count on our uh, friend Greg Norman to strike up a headline, <laughs> can't we? It's certainly been a very typical mate. It's uh, look, it's it's basically going to be thrown over to the lawyers at this stage. The way it's all heading, it's it all comes down to what is the definition of a independent contractor when it comes to professional golf. Um, Obviously, that's the the angle that Greg's pushing there. He's he's obviously been a big proponent of global expansion of golf for a long time. He, many will remember he tried to get the World Tour going back in 1994, unsuccessfully. Then, many are sort of putting this down to him trying to get a bit of retribution on the PGA Tour now and trying to get it up and going. It's a look. There's a lot of layers to it. Very sensitive issue. Obviously, the source of the money coming from Saudi Arabia, the bulk of it. Um, that's obviously hasn't gone down too well, particularly in America. But there are positives to to a global expansion like this in a different league. Um, Greg's always said, you know, competition's great. It's great for the game. It's good. It doesn't matter what you do or what you play. Competition makes everything better. So, but he's really fighting a big battle here. He's uh, he had a lot of players allegedly signed and done NDA signed. They weren't allowed to talk about it. And then uh, our friend Phil Mickelson, as he mentioned, just went and basically <laughs> wrote the obituary for the whole league by uh, coming out and saying what he said on that podcast with Alan Shipnuck and. 
So at the moment, it's a bit of a stalemate. We're sort of sitting here waiting to see what the next steps are. Well, the Shark wrote a pretty forceful letter to the PGA Commissioner. And right at the end, he says, Commissioner, this is just the beginning. It is certainly not the end. And he's nothing if not determined, Greg Norman. But I just, you know, I, I just think they're probably too frightened off now. Tiger Woods, Rory, Bryson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Spieth, Johnson. There's a handful of that, that have now pledged allegiance to the PGA. There is, and look, and let's not forget, there's an awful lot of money available to these guys on the PGA Tour as it stands. I think just players like Phil Mickelson think they're entitled to a lot more, which, look, he may well have a case there in terms of the player rights and unique rights that the PGA Tour hold on to. They do make a billion dollars out of this stuff, and a lot of it doesn't actually go back to the players, and I guess that's where the dispute's at right now, is what are the professional golfers entitled to? Um, But, look, one thing that hasn't been mentioned about all this is that no one's really questioned what the league would offer in terms of an alternative. Everyone, I think, is just assuming that it may well be an alternative 72-hole stroke play tour event, which we see every day. Mm. But rumours had had it that it was actually going to be a teams event, like an F1-style sort of event with private owners. And, you know, God knows where that would go from there in terms of, you know, players they could potentially purchase, you know. Um, so it would offer up a completely different alternative in terms of a TV spectacle. So... It's, it's quite interesting. I don't think they've actually got that far to try and explain the ins and outs of it. I think they've just been, unfortunately, copped an absolute barrage of, uh, of media scrutiny, particularly in America, which is quite understandable. As we mentioned, the source of the money isn't very popular at all. Um, but in terms of what it could offer as a TV spectacle, particularly down here in Australia, we, we're really lacking tournament golf in, in Australia. And I think, you know, there was talk that potentially we may have been one of the beneficiaries of such a a league to bring another couple of tournaments down under that would bring the big names um, and guaranteed big names, obviously, with guaranteed big purses. So it's a bit of a balancing act. People hate it. They either love it or they hate it. There's no real in-between here. Um, and, yeah, I think it's only going to get messier after Greg's letter yesterday. Yeah, I, I think so, Ray. And, and you just mentioned there, just get off topic a little bit, we did disappointed the Australian Open and, and tournaments like that didn't go ahead in, in this golfing season. Yeah, given the fact that internationals couldn't come in, but it would have been a really good opportunity to showcase the local talent. 100% it would have been, but I think there's a commercial reality here that mm. a lot of the players in particular don't really understand that it's not a cheap caper to, to run a golf tournament. It, it really isn't. And as much as we would have loved to have seen a lot more of action for the, for the younger guys, as you mentioned, the, the up-and-coming superstars, and we do have quite a few, um, unfortunately, it's just a very expensive caper and it's very difficult when the organisers, Golf Australia and whoever have signed contracts with all the big sponsors, you know, with a guarantee of what they can deliver. And when you can't deliver that, it it becomes a... You just can't go ahead with it, unfortunately. Um, Look, hopefully, hopefully we're past the worst of this pandemic and we can see some big names come down under. I'd like to think, and and I say this gingerly, but I'd like to think that... After all that's happened and what and what Greg is trying to do here, that it may well end up being a positive for Australia anyway. You'd like to think potentially the PGA Tour would now look at this and go, yeah, you know what? We've probably neglected countries like Australia, Asia, anywhere around our area that really hasn't seen a lot of tournament golf in the last few years particularly. But, but beyond that, not giving the big names to Australia, this might well be a turning point for that. This might be the kick up the bum that they need. And hopefully... We will see an expanded tour in the PGA Tours uh, calendar down the track, and maybe Australia will get that PGA Tour event that we've some, you know, we've been craving for years and years. So yeah, it'll yeah. be very interesting. Greg Gregway may well come out smelling like flowers out of this. Yeah, he, he may well do. And as he said in the back of the of the letter, this is only the start. Um, it, it's going to keep on going. It, it, 
you mentioned before, look, no one really knew what the sort of setup was going to be in the tournament setup. This is not a, 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 a league coming out sort of Peter Volandi style and going, we're going to put a, a tournament on the week of the Masters and we're not going to go head to head with your, your big majors. It was, it was, a, it was a, a, an independent group that were going to come in and go, well, let's just see if we can fit around and, and you know, try and make the game of golf a little bit better. Absolutely, and I think one of the big misconceptions in all of it was that, well, players, by committing to an alternative league, they're going to sacrifice the majors. Well, the majors are Switzerland in all of this. They're, they're not run by the PGA Tour. The US PGA Championships, obviously the PGA of America. The Masters are their own. The RNA runs the Open, mm-hmm. and the US Open's the USGA. Now, the USGA and, and US PGA obviously have links with the PGA Tour. They have a great relationship, but they're still not governed and sanctioned by the PGA Tour. So Greg's theory all along has been, well... Why can't we get the best players just to break away from that tour for a while, play ours, and they can go back and play the majors? They still accumulate world ranking points. So it's just it's, it's just interesting how that side of the, the argument hasn't, hasn't really been explored and hasn't really been given any air to breathe in, in a way. I, I find it fascinating. As, a, as an Australian golf fan who's been starved of action for a long time, I mean, we've been so heavily reliant on our top four Aussie guys coming home every summer and trying to build a good field around that. But, I mean, that just doesn't work anymore. These guys have no incentive to come home. And that's, that's a sad reality. They just don't have to come home anymore. There's so much money over there in America now. And that wraparound calendar has just killed killed the game down here in many senses. So I am, I am a little bit surprised that it, they haven't explored what, what actually is on offer and on the table here. Because, as I said, the majors, really, they don't really come into account. But that's all going to be part of this big legal dispute that's coming ahead, I think, in terms of, well, if they can ban players from the PGA Tour, can they then try and ban them from playing in the majors? Because that will be the ultimate game changer for, for everyone, I think. Brad, do you think it's a golf thing, and even at the local clubs here in Sydney and wherever, it's always been, oh, well, this is the way it's been. It, it, it's a, is it just a golf thing in general that they are, they are a little bit hesitant to change or, or, or to move with the times? I, I think so, yeah. There's no question we have become... I mean, there's an old phrase in golf, you're stale, male and pale, and that, that pretty much sums up the sport for a long time, right? And that's that's the reality. I mean, a lot of us will take offence to that who love the game and have been playing it for a long time, but the reality is we haven't been great in selling the sport to a new generation. We just haven't been great at it. Mm. And clubs, to their credit, are are doing a lot better now. I think COVID has been a a, a fantastic catalyst for that. I think we're seeing this new surge of interest in the game. It's never been stronger at club level. The equipment companies cannot make enough equipment right now. There is just so much interest in the game. It's all about making it affordable and accessible. And clubs are starting. I think the penny has dropped now. And, and the challenge for Australian golf, particularly now moving forward, is all about retention. How do we keep a, a large percentage of those new players that have come? Because they couldn't play football. They couldn't play soccer. All these yep. team sports just can't. And we've got all these great young kids playing now. So... How do we keep a percentage of that moving forward is going to be the challenge. Yeah, it is indeed. Look, there's always a debate to be had over, you know, PGA and the degree of control they have on players. But I just wonder if players, considering the amount of money they make, would get cold feet having been associated with this notion of Saudi sports washing. Let me ask you uh, this before we get to the break, Brad. Hannah Green, mm. uh, this is, I, I love this yeah. innovation and I know Adam Scott's big on it and I want to see more of it. Uh, dominant four-shot mm. victory in this, the first woman to win a 72-hole mixed-gender tournament. Oh, I think this is wonderful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely in the future. I think the Vic Open sort of set the precedent there with what they, they do with the, the mixed-gender tournaments. I think it's definitely the future of the game. It's, it certainly allows a lot more exposure 
for the women's game, which really has just been suffering from that for a long time. I mean, we have got some fantastic talent amongst those ranks. And to be able to have someone like Hannah, who in her own right is just an absolute superstar, major champion over there on the LPGA Tour, no surprise to, to those of us in the game that she's she's doing what she's doing. And uh, I think, you know, it, it's kind of, I don't know, I, I find it a bit of a, a sad reflection that for, for the female sport of golf to get headlines in newspapers, it takes Hannah Green beating the men. Um, and, and that's, you know, as wonderful as achievement that is, it, it's a kind of a sad reflection of where the sport has been for a long time. And full credit to her, she's an absolute superstar and a great person and, I don't. I, I think the next stage now is seeing those sort of events sort of popping up everywhere on the international stage because people are watching, and and that has obviously been a great reflection of the sport and what we're doing down here. Yeah, Brad. One quick one. Uh, lastly, Jeffrey Guan. Another he, Jeff goes to my daughter's school in Devon High. Actually, I've teed it up with Jeff. He won the Adam Scott uh, Junior Tournament over in America and and just blitzed the field. Yeah, over in Los Angeles there. That was Adam Scott's first event uh, with his partnership with Uniqlo, uh, a, a world-ranking event. A lot of great young players, all the best players from around the world. And young Jeffrey just stepped up and beat him by eight shots, if you yeah. don't mind. Uh, look, we've, we've been keeping an eye on Jeff. He's a, he's a great young kid, great young talent. We've just had so many people tell us about how good he is. He, uh, I mean, us in the media, we get a lot of tip-offs. Yep. You know, oh, you've got you to watch this kid or you've got to watch that kid. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's not really good oil. This kid, I'm telling you, is just a sensational player. He's he's, he's a professional between the years already. Um, big, big future. But look, he's one of a handful that we've, we've got at that level. Um, it, it, again, goes back to what we're doing at grassroots now. I think we're, we're starting to realise what works and what doesn't. Um, we've got great young you know, programs with Golf Australia, the elite academies that they're now developing. Jeffrey's obviously a byproduct of that and just a super player, mate. He's one to definitely keep an eye on for sure. Good on you, Brad. Brad Clifton from Australian Golf Digest. This is the Moles Club. Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. So we have determined on the program this morning, A, that Gibbo's gone. He's gone. There's no point coming in with an hour to go, only to be admonished by both you and I, um, that there are more left-handed golfers out there than we know. Than yes. What about, oh, yeah, how crap about Peacock, Phil Mickelson, and Brad Clifton from Australia. Hey, don't knock us out. They're everywhere. Richard Green was a man I was thinking of. I think he's a lefty. Nick uh, O'Hearn. Nick O'Hearn. Great Chalmers. He beat Tiger twice, Nick O'Hearn. Match play, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. He's written a good book, Nick O'Hearn. I've never good, read it. Good golfer. And actually, a, a guy I played golf with was Phil Burton from Human Nature. Hello, Phil, if you're listening. Another lefty. He'd, he'd be a mower. Yeah. Oh, Phil. big time, yeah. Spent time in Vegas. Still heaps of mowing to be done in Vegas. Put all that desert. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the old sand mark. Exactly. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Greenkeeping rooster. He's the doy in a grass. He is on this network. Hey boys, you were talking about the condition of Central Coast Stadium and Morton Daly Stadium postponement. It all comes down to the soil profile under the turf and how the old drainage is too. So yeah. there you go. Well, Central Coast Stadium last night, mm. outstanding. We were, we're at the seven-minute mark left of the Manly Canberra game on uh, on K on Fox Sport that we watched. Chucking it down, and I said it wasn't going to rain at this stage yeah. on Chris Warren's show, and it chucked down. But great, as I said, if you could just put the TP5 up on there and clip one off the top there, it'd be mm. beautiful at Central Coast. But yeah, uh, for those just tuning in to the Saturday morning mowers, the three o'clock game, the Warriors Titans game has been postponed to Monday. Do they use the bull-eye soil? That's what the SCG has, don't they, the, the bull-eye? SCG, I yeah. ran into Adji and the boys, the yeah. SCG boys, uh, the Sheffield Shield, and our man Trent Copeland, 400 first-class wickets Masterful. for Copes. Master. No sign of slowing down either, Copes. None. 
Yeah. No, it's a busy boy. Got another kid on the way too. He does it all. He yeah. does it all. I mean, he's a super. He's the the man for super coaches. He not? Coco, yeah. He's got his fingers in many pies. Many, but only, but only smart people can do that. And Trent Copeland is one of those. Only and only if Kim lets him. We all know that. She's a superstar too. Kimmy went to same, we went to the same primary school, Kim and I. You were Kimmy Great. Savannah Heights Primary. Bless you. Yep. Sports <laughs> People of the Year. Very, yeah, we were. Uh, we got our names up on the honour board. I was school captain of my primary well, school, if that counts. Yeah, that counts. Not much. Absolutely. I won the 100 metres under 11s, if that counts. <laughs> and you were 12? No, I wasn't. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> late bloomer. <laughs> a late bloomer. Just look at this guy. Barn Bugle, that's those beautiful... Putting greens. You know the greens talking about grass. Uh, have you ha- ever heard that expression, you know, so good you could eat off it? People think that's yeah. a bit bit weird to say that you eat off a, a putting green. But then I thought, well, we do putt into our crockery, don't we? You know, you put the cup down at the end of the carpet yep. and you sort of... Yep, yeah, you do. Yeah. Same thing. Exactly. Okay. Hey, Bondi Jack's back in on it. Um, I would hardly be stressed by a trial game I didn't even know was on. The point is that little Woodstock has been stitching up my joint for a decade. His nepotist brother, Bernie, made him Ben Cummins' pocket one night, so the crybaby hung out at Cummins all night and chewed Ben's ear off. Jerry's irritating little bird from Charlie Brown. Love you, Bondi Jack. He hasn't uh, missed him, has he? All right. Round one. <laughs> Roosters v Knights. Yes. Be Jared, yeah, just waiting for the referee. <laughs> back in a moment. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Well, it was nice to Nick Davis to show up. I've certainly showed up in lieu of Adam Peacock. Jimmy Tamo facing a one-match ban for taking out Sammy Walker. If he challenges and fails, he'll get two. Lindsay Collins just copped a fine for that cannonball on Jackson Hastings. Keep the text coming through. 0457 736 736. Finally out of the program, we found Gibbo, Nick Davis. He phoned. He didn't phone in. Mm. He phoned me. And he's alive. That's so good awareness of him, knowing that you're on air. You just say, I'll just ring him <laughs> while you're on air. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it is the first time normally the, the the shoe was well and firmly on the other foot. And I was the man that people were trying to find that was mm. late to training and meetings and didn't show up and stayed out at Northies too long and all that sort of... Did you have a good excuse? Like... <laughs> I used them all. Jeez, I used a lot. Did Rosie A lot of excuses. Yeah. Swans days or, or Pies days? Uh, no, nah, Pies days I was okay. It was just Swannies days. Who was... Was Mickey was, was Mickey with you? Mickey Valdez? Uh, yeah. Nah, yeah, Mick was, Mick was Collingwood mm. and I was fine there. And then it was... I thought he was saying he was out with me. There was a few. There was a few. And this great man, he, he just texts me. He's driving up the uh, the coat. Ty Canelli, he was with me a lot. Yeah. A lot. The Irish can party, can't they? Oh, yeah. I blame him from a lot of my tardiness to drink. Is that right? How did he... But he was good at it. He scrubbed He was good at it. He was fine because he was Irish. They hide it well, don't they? Ken, he can't understand him anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And it was... That's what he does. He was good at it. And I was not. I couldn't Mm. hide. I had clear eyes and... Listerine and mm. all that sort of business. But no. mm. And the fact that I was an hour late, that probably didn't help no, either. No, I wouldn't imagine. That didn't help either. But an hour late's better than not showing up at all, Gibbo. So what, what's his situation? Where is he? 
He's heading, to, uh, he's heading up the... Uh, he said, but how, uh, it's his, in terms of, I guess, physical health, how's he feeling? Gibbo, uh, he sounded clear, yeah. clear of mind. It was a bit husky in the voice. He mm. definitely wasn't surfing. He was in no state to be surfing. Yeah, a few, like... He was apologetic. And, Let's yeah. just, he was apologetic. Saturday morning, Moa's clan. Mm. He was apologetic. He knew that he, he dropped the ball there. Yeah. No one, but he knew that we are in capable hands, Julian King. Uh, yes. Uh, I forgot to ask you to and you, ask you, him. You were, you were quite worried. You were, and this is... I was a bit worried. We talk a lot. We, 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 we've got... Pl- we, actually. Yes. It's 11 o'clock. Yeah. Topsport.com.au. Mm. Home of the best multis gamble responsibly. We can now speak... The company of the Lord, Sir Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. Tristan is doing a gibber today. He's gone missing too. Everyone's gone missing on me. Adam is playing golf in Barnboogle. Yep. Zero invite. Yeah. Gibbo went to the Tars game and Neil by show up today. Mm. And the Lord, Sir Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. There's been a couple of guys go down at his end at Top Sport HQ at the Gold Coast, and he's on the computers. He's trading today. So if you haven't got a Top Sport account, get one today because there could be some really loose odds. So Tristan's back on the tools. He's on the tools. He's he's trading. He's on the floor. I said I was up there, when was that? Two weeks ago Mm. at Top Sport headquarters and uh, met all the... uh, the fine people there at Top Sport to come today, you and uh, yeah, the Lord is is uh, behind the computer and he's uh, he's setting markets today. So we can give him a pass because he's actually working. Right? He's working and he yeah. pays. So from, uh, yeah, the Lord can do it. The Lord can do whatever the Lord wants. He can he can walk on water. Tristan Merlihan. Uh So did Gibbo actually reveal if we've got any guests coming up this hour or because I he says oh, I'll email you the rundown. Didn't give me reading access, so I had to request <laughs> access to read it. Yeah, 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 and I still. Hasn't granted me out. Gibbo, you know, can you, you just know, give me your access so I can Gibbo's, have a look at his rundown for the last Gibbo's hour? Gibbo's rundown would have been for Zach Bailey. There would have been a couple of questions because we know what we're talking about. Yeah, and dot then, point charity show. And then yeah. for Brad, it, it would have been uh, not a lot because Gibbo's not a, a participant in the final <laughs> game of golf. Brad, it would have just said Greg Norman. Yeah, Greg Norman, yeah. golf. Uh, and then for Nick McCardle, mm. Gibbo's rundowns for Super Rugby mm. uh Novels, extensive. It, oh, yeah. extensive. It's like reading it, War and Peace, basically. Extensive yeah. sort of stuff. So that's that's basically all. Yeah, nah is coming up in the last hour. Mm. If anyone's got a good yeah, nah that they want to f- phone in or text in, uh, you can contribute to yeah, nah. I've got a couple this week. I mean, it hasn't been my best week. I've been quite busy. Swans Academy, we're kicking into full stream. So uh, I haven't had haven't sort of stayed, stepped too far out of my lane this week um, in in regards to the NR. But I've got one. So if anyone wants to add to the NRs, they can do that. Yeah. And I'll be taking... I'll be taking the Lord spot from topspot.com. Big, big to I will be giving out all the odds for all the racing. Ramwick is still apparently going ahead. Mm. Uh, I'll be giving out some odds for – I'll make up the odds and then Tristan can type me in. <laughs> if you want $5 for South Sydney today, we can make that happen. Yeah. We can make that happen. $80 for the Dragons. The, the, yeah, I'll have a piece of that. Thank you can you have that much. for the Premiership. You can If you can start now, you can still have $80 for the Dragons. Oh, I'm not giving it to you and Sowie and the Dragons no. people. Good luck. Mm. Sowie down there. Um, 
But yeah, we'll uh, we'll go through all the the prices for all today's racing for uh, topsport.com.au in the last hour. But generally, our last hour, we said we, we're sponsored by topsport.com.au. Uh, Toro, a hundred years of innovation. They're proudly on board. They're our our merchandising partner. But uh, we're looking for some sort of waffle. We we do waffle a lot here on the Saturday morning. Oh, we can so, waffle. So yeah. some sort of waffle, some sort of waffle maker. Uh, if anyone wants to come on board, uh, we've got a, we're like a NASCAR. We've, we've got sponsorship patches all over our uh, our merchandise, uh, and there's probably room for one more. Right, I, I thought you meant we're like NASCAR because there's certain routine of going round and round. No, we people that too. We just go round and round and round and round. If you tune in at quarter past ten or yes. half past ten or but, quarter past but, nine, it's the same. We're just going round and round in circles. They, they tune in because they're just waiting for the the stack that they know is going to happen. The excitement. He's. <laughs> Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're talking about the swans. Hey, I've got a new favourite swan, by the way. Yep. Justin McInerney. Jazzy. I love him. I'll tell you why. I interviewed him. I was filling in for I know Jimmy why. on the afternoon show. I know why. Uh, he's just casually dropped an F-bomb. So I don't know what standards horse and the Senate <laughs> training over there. But, but I thought, you know, it wasn't a big, ah, yeah. It just sort of slipped out. So maybe you just... Just in passing. Came, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it's no biggie. Let and it and go if you're listening, correct, because I thought... And 50% of people listening probably wouldn't have picked it up and thought, just keep going. And then he stops and apologises for the F-bomb. You can't. He's got Thereby to play on. drawing more attention to it. No, I agree with that. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep going with that sort of business. But we're a fine, upstanding show. And uh, so in our last hour, and Dan Stutters, our lawn expert, yeah. we're going to. I'm interested to know about. The deluge, what's happened to it? It, it? Can we, yeah, we can't get out and mow our lawns at the moment because, uh, as I said, there's no outboard mowers on the on the Toro, but what did, can we be fertilised? Is there something we can be doing in this period mm. to give it another little kick for the second can, part can of you, summer? Can you greenify it? Can we, it, can we, can we yeah. just sprinkle it with some sort of magic dust, some yeah. sort of fertiliser while it's raining just to bed it in? Is, there, is it a good time to be doing whatever to yeah. your grass because you can't... You obviously can't mow it. Very good question. 0457 736 736. Paulo's written back. Paulo from Pequus. Yeah, nah, Gibbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse leader, Paulo. Clubhouse leader. A really nice photograph of the Sydney Swans and the Telegraph uh, recreating that famous shot from, from 1982 there on the steps of the Opera House. I saw that. I can't wait for them to recreate the, uh, the 2005 one when we all pile out of Sapphire Nightclub at mm. King's Cross after winning the grand final. <laughs> That's the recreation photo that I want to see. Hey, did Rosie kick on at all with your blacks? Or... Um, ooh, yeah, I think yeah. From yeah, what did. you hazy memory can oh, recall, it was like very bit. hazy. It was so hazy. Yeah. Uh, who, who goes? Who goes hard? Who, who went well, hard? It was Tiger. was hard. Tiger, oh, yeah, went cool. hard. Yeah. Uh, Mickey O. Mickey O was there. Love him. Uh, Amon Buchanan. Yeah. He was there. Uh, Adam Schneider. It just it was the forward line and Tiger. Yeah. Okay. Goodsy was there, so yeah, forward. Hawley, yeah, mm. forward. So the forward line, we were the we were the disco kids and the Irishman. And were you blowing up at that ridiculous decision to award Chris Judd the Norm Smith? Or? Uh, I, I didn't even realise that he won it. Yeah, yeah. No, too busy getting yeah, losing team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> too busy he should have got the hyphenator, but that's a different story. He, he was great that day. It was but his best yeah, ever game, I reckon. It was like a, he had a magnet in the ball. He was on fire, the uh, LRT, in, the, in that grand final. But, yeah, no, there's a few other photos I wouldn't mind being recreated. But, yeah, well done to the Swannies and the media team there, yeah. uh, the, the iconic uh, down the steps of the Opera House, 40 years. Which leads me to, all right, so Buddy 
Franklin's on 995 goals. He is. So five to get to 1,000. And not that many got to 1,000. And there, there's a quiz question for you. If your buddy, right, you got GWS round one away, would you rather it round one against GWS, heartbreaking loss in the finals last year, or do you hold off round two at home v the Hawks? V the Hawks. Uh, nah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's got to be I, round two, doesn't it? I, if you if you Swans marketing you you're itching for round for round two yeah, if, if if Bud's kick four goals and we're comfortably oh. beating the Giants you just can get yeah, him off just the field him off the f- get yeah, him yeah, off yeah. the field we got to wrap your cotton ball anyway we so. had that we had that when uh, when Plugger was going for his record and yeah. and we're at when I was at Collingwood. We were uh, we were watching the game. We were like, oh, he's got seven more. And we we're like, well, there's a big chance that we're going to get this here when uh, Swans played Collingwood at the MCG. And Mel Micro, who was fullback for us, and we, we were counting down. And I think they, I'm not sure who the Swans played the week before, but he didn't need many because I think it was his first, maybe his second goal against mm. us that he didn't need. And he, he, we thought, oh, I think they were playing someone that might not have been very good either, but he didn't get him in that week. And we we're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Mel's going to be on a poster. Plugger's going to kick his thirteen hundredth against us, and it all, but it did all happen then. But look, I think uh, he's in pretty good form. But if uh, if he needed a thousand goals, uh, if he needed five more in the last trial game they played, he would have kicked a thousand. So those playing along at home, you do the math to tell and see how many goals he might have kicked in that intra club two weeks ago. Nine hundred ninety-five goals for Buddy, and if he gets to a thousand, he will join Lockett, Coventry. Dunstall, Wade, and Ablett. There's only five that have done it in history. So that is elite company. one 1170 if you want to chat to Nick Davis. Oh, just back to the Swans quickly. 1982, right? And, in fact, they only played as the Swans in 82. They weren't Sydney. They only played under the name the Swans. Okay. And then became, I think, in 80... I could be wrong, in 83, officially adopted Sydney. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're trying to transplant from, from South Melbourne. Warwick Kappa joined the Swans in 83. And... <laughs> Bless him. And he kicked 100 in a year. He was a good player, Warwick Kappa. was. And I remember Brad Hardy, former Brownlow medalist, who was a teammate of Warwick Kappa's at the Brisbane Lions. And he told, he's a lovely guy, Warwick, uh, different, be a nice characterisation. And he talked about this team-building exercise they had, sort of like a scavenger hunt, right? So you've got a list of things to get. And on that list it says, oh, go to the hardware store, get some nails. So they go to the hardware store. Warwick Kappa goes to the attendant. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it, mate. I uh, just need, uh, I need some nails. And the hardware store attendant says, yeah, okay, mate. Uh, how long do you need them? He says, oh, about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they could have sent him there for the left-handed hammer. Or, uh, the, yeah, the or he could ask for the, oh, no, nah, just the liquid nails. The, how long do you need them? Oh, about two weeks. It wasn't, wasn't Kappa. I'm sure Kappa was the guy that... Uh, was asked to do special comments of a radio call one time. He says, oh, I can't do it. Can I pre-record them? <laughs> can, you, can you pre-record special comments? And, uh, yes, good afternoon if you're listening in via 1620. On the Goldie, Warwick Kappa, or via the SEN app, 0457736736. We wanted to get Gibber on the line, and that was a, a hard pass from him. No, it was, it was a hard no. It was a hard no. But we do, we do we are the Saturday morning mowers, um, so we do need to talk some sort of mowing. Mm. This man is our man for the job. Dan Stutters, welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Is there any mowing going on where you are? Mate, there's no mowing where we're going, mate. There's nothing happening. There's more boogie boards and brooms, I think. 
But, hey, but Dan, <laughs> at what point, like, when the rain stops, can you get out there again? Like, how? Because I think they've had when's something. The optimum, like two, when's your optimum? Correct. Yeah, your, so optimum, about two hundred, your first cut. When is the first cut post this biblical that, rain? When, when that when that sun is shining and your wheels aren't bogged, basically, mm. you just got to play play what play what's ahead of you. You know, unfortunately, so you you don't want to leave it go too long. Especially the home lawns, because uh, we're still getting those warm temperatures during the days, guys. You know, like so, it's um, it's you can just you can see it growing under your feet. So you got to you got there's a, there's a point in time where you're just going to have to bite the bullet and get out there and uh, and chop away. Uh, green bins are chockers. The green bins are going to be chockers over the next few weeks. But can you do damage <laughs> if you get out there in the bog? Can you do some real damage to your lawn? We've done all this great work as Saturday morning mowers over the summer. We've got our lawn in pristine condition. We've hit the biblical rain. If we get out there and we bog our lawnmower, can we do some damage? Look, look, yes, there's the yes and the no. So, like, like you, you don't want to be cutting back at your usual height. You give, give yourself, you take a couple steps back and just ease back into it. You know, don't just go, go how hard you usually would go. And um, mate, just test it. Like, there's, like on the golf courses, there's areas that you, you can get out and cut. You go out and cut those areas and you just you know, take your medicine on the other parts, you know. So if you've got, you got those bits in your, in your lawn where you, you know you're going to get bogged, you know, just leave it. And, you know, when, when you can get out, even if you have to whip or snip those areas just to let them dry out, just a touch, you know. But, as, mate, the forecast isn't looking good, guys. Like, we've yeah. had all this rain and then yeah. next, next week's the same. Same it's again. Just, just, yeah. Same again. It's just... Uh, look, for turf, turf managers, especially, like it's just it's just disheartening. Can you? It's, it, it's soul breaking. Yeah, <laughs> Dan, can you can you seed in the wet? Can you seed your lawn? Uh, look, if if you're if you're um, yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the footy clubs are going out and they're they're putting their stuff with their their uh, dimple seeding, getting it in. You can over sow your lawn if you're looking to put ryegrass out now, but if it's when you're having this heavy deluge, you know, and you've got water pooling and stuff like that, obviously it's gonna it's gonna float away. So you don't want to be doing that, you know. So again, just just take your medicine, just wait wait for it to clear up a little bit. Um, it's a good time to put out if you're putting out soil amendments and things like that, or even um, even insecticides. There's a lot of armyworm and stuff like that around now, so got the perfect storm for all that. So um, you can go out and get all that get that done uh fertilizing it's the same deal you don't really want to be fertilizing too much because it's uh, as ideal growing conditions and if you're not mowing it and you're fertilizing it then those green bins are going to be uh, even more fill what's the green bin it we said at the saturday morning mowers we've got a we've got some rules and etiquette what's your neighborhood green bin etiquette dan like <laughs> When can you once it's on once it's on once it's once it's on the streets free uh, free game. Yeah, okay, right, I got you there. So once somebody you're waiting for your neighbour to put that green bin out, then you're just doing a little bit of a drive by, a little bit of a walk through, and going, oh yeah, with a quarter green bin here, this is me. I'm dumping my catcher in your green bin. It's just a community service. Mm, you so just try, everyone's chipping in. Uh, uh, okay, okay, but Dad, are you brazen enough to do it while they're peering through the window? He's like, morning, Jim. How are you, oh. mate? I'm just, you know, or do you sort of do it more? Especially when you, especially when you can you see know. that they're green, that they're about to mow their depends. own lawn, and you've just topped yeah. their green bin right up. It depends on what you're wearing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing your Saturday morning mowers t-shirt and Chapelli white yeah. cap. That's yeah. what we're wearing. <laughs> That's it, mate. I, I, I think it's, I think it's go away. It's, yeah, but it's, it's every, everyone's, um, it, your neighbours. We're all, if you're all out mowing, everyone. If, if that neighbour understands your pain that you're going through, then I'm sure it'll be fine. 
My mother-in-law lives next to a rather stubborn neighbour who had a blue with the council and refused to, and you would have heard about these stories, this is dead so true, refuses to mow her two metres of nature strip. Oh. Everyone in the street, you know, they, 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 they take pride and they take care of what they do. It's all pristine, but hers is weeds coming up shoulder high. And, and you're sort of in this bind where you want the street to look good, but you don't want to fall in the trap of having to do their lawn for them because the lesson will never be learned. So what do you do? Uh, well, if the stubborn neighbour, he might need some uh, uh, liquid whippy, we call it. So the the old roundup on the on the edges, just yeah. to teach him a little bit of a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 teach him a lesson. Just, like that's the that. same old thing. If, if, yeah, the liquid whippy. That's the that's the, that's the phrase. Yeah, I can't understand some people two square meters. Why wouldn't you just have a go? That's no, horrible. It's horrible. You call the council. They don't really care. Maybe once every two months they might whip around and, and, and mow it, but it's it's horrible. And if your if your lawn is pristine, it just absolutely just takes the gloss off yours too. Yeah, it does. Does it does it take the gloss off it or put more shine nah, on it? No, it doesn't. It takes the gloss. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, like and and he is listening, so I'm hammering him. It's like standing next to Ty Canelli in the team photo. You, there's guys that you'd make you look a little better, but then the fact that his bald head was there, you're like, oh geez, maybe I don't look at that. But I, I, I've got a year now, and I want to. I was going to save it for the year now segment, but Dan, because you're on, I'm going to do it now. But my year now was but the lawn the the people out there that are doing their front lawn and you've got the your front lawn in front of your house and then you've got the footpath and then the nature strip the people I was going for a walk the other day and their lawn was immaculate the edging was done the height the grass was beautiful but they left the clippings on the footpath it's a massive yeah no is it not oh, that's 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 a yeah no that's a yeah no well the the the, the way I, I look at that is you Edge, blow, then mow, and then you've got no clippings, right? That sounds like a Toro advertisement. You're a great man. <laughs> edge, <laughs> mow, blow. Edge, blow, mow. Edge, blow, mow. Yeah, because when you mow, you edge, suck up edge, all the way. Yeah. Mow, blow. Yeah. Oh, oh with the blow on the end. Edge, mow, edge, blow, mow. Blow beer. There you go. <laughs> you got to have the fist on it. It's like dodgeball. <laughs> Edge. Blow. Mow. This is like dodgeball. Blow beer. You can dodge a mower. You can... <laughs> the one thing you can't dodge is when, you know, that mower chucks the stick out. Oh. And flies out. It, it's character building. It's right of passage, isn't it? It's character building. Yeah, it when you know, and you know, you, you look at your lawn and you just see it just fling off and you go, oh, jeez. And we've had another one. Another year now we had was when you're doing the the nature strip and you've got not your car but another car parked in front of your house. Etiquette there. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it's a well, tough one, isn't it? Yeah, you that's, you, that's you, a, you a, want to mate, you've done your front yard, you've you've then you've blown the footpath and then you've got what? that little bit of grass and you've got someone's car right there and you're like, ooh. I could flick it's a rock all, straight into your, this. It's, it's all about your skill set, I guess. I said I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to tackle it. Uh, if the grass is a bit long and you're, uh, you've got the, the grass clippings over the side of the door, there's nothing the blower can't fix. So that that'll be on the on the blow beer no, side you of, of your uh, yeah. of your mowing. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the final two steps. All care, no responsibility on the blow beer cycle. You should say, don't attempt the last two steps until you've done the first three. Ed's blow would mow. Yeah. 
don't know. If you park the car, that's a risk you, you take, right? You park it's the car. A, it's, a, yeah, it's a risk whatever. you take. You, know, you cut it's away. It's a risk you take. Cut away. So, Daniel, yeah, if, if, if it... Now you go. I was going to say, if, 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 you're, if you're on a side shoot mower, you tend to not, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, be going, uh, throw, throwing it straight at the car. There's a little bit of etiquette that, that's involved. That's but, true. Yeah, but de- definitely if it's parked there, it's parked generous. So, your, Dan, your business, it's, is it basically the calm before the storm for you with this, uh, the storm that's happening now? Uh, are you getting ready for uh, to get back on the tools quick smart? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're sort of, um, it's, it's just, it's just you. You look at play what's ahead of you. Like there's um, like disease has been a real big problem uh, for us because the water's just not getting away. So when the water sits in that profile, it just rots and just stays in, and that's where your disease comes in. You, you have grass loss. So um, we're managing managing that with preventatives and curatives, disease controls, uh, and then but we're just watching watching fairways and roughs just grow. But it's all right. Once the sun comes and we get those get those mowers out, so we'll have. We'll have six tyros on deck uh, next week. Oh. Uh, just trying to get out, punch them what we can. Sounds good. And if I'm playing golf at one of your golf courses, mm. can you make the fairways just a touch wider bank, please and thank you? Cheers. Shorten the rough. Uh, that's right. I'll, 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 I'll leave some tees in the rough for you, mate. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> or extra balls, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> that's right. Mate, there's, 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 and there's always beers in the green keeper shed, mate. No problem. Beautiful. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Good on you, Dan. Have a good weekend. Don't good get stuff, too Mark. bored. Not no mowing. Worries. All right, mate. There he is, Stutters. A few greens, a few golf balls in the... Do you ever run over a golf ball with a lawnmower? Nah. No. No. Nah. I suppose you don't mow greens, really, do you? So. No. Nah. No. No. Nah. That'd hurt. But there's a few out there. You see them mm. just underneath the trees there. You can see just a half-cut golf ball where they're like, oh, that was being left and it just goes... So that's what it looks like at the inside of a golf Yeah, exactly. Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Peacock free, Tristan Melhan free, Gibbo free and pain free. Paid wow. Nick Davis stepping in for Tristan Merlihan, who will have all the odds uh, thanks to topsport.com.au shortly. We'll catch up with Sam Perry, too, from the great cricketer. Just some fixtures this afternoon in the A-League. We've got the Newcastle Jets and MacArthur FC, McDonald Jones Stadium. I'll be watching the state of that surface very closely. Mm. 5.05 kickoff. Adelaide and Central Coast, that's at Cooper Stadium. Then Sydney FC, Melbourne City tonight at Cogra. 7.45. In the NBL, we've got the Bullets and the Jack Jumpers. 5.30pm tip-off, followed by the Phoenix and the Wildcats. That'll be a beauty. 8 o'clock tonight. Don't forget the Charity Shield, the Dragons and the Rabbitohs in, in beautiful Mudgee. Oh, there was Red a little bit of a show. There was a, oh, <laughs> didn't, yeah. you just, didn't you just put, roll the shoulders back when you... The Dragons and South. Been there many times. And the Dragons up against the Titans tomorrow to commence proceedings for the NRLW season. Titans, of course, one of the new teams. That game at 12 o'clock. All these times, Eastern Daylight Time. Followed by the Roosters and the Broncos at 1.50 and the Knights at the Eels at 3.40pm. That is a triple header. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Talking cricket with Sam Perry from the great cricketer very shortly. He's moved to Darwin, Sam. He's a glutton for the heat, I tell you. Oh. A bit nicer up there. And then you're filling in for our good mate Tristan Merlihan at topsport.com.au. People taking the day from work when they commit to working? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> There's a little uppercut. Yeah, yeah. There's a little <laughs> uppercut. But I am now standing in for Lord, Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan mm. from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. I'm not going to do a Tristan impersonation because... Um, 
he pays the bills. So uh, he's, he's a good-looking rooster, and I'll just try and do my best here. But we'll start at Ramwick. Uh, Ramwick is going ahead, punters, on a heavy 10. Uh, we'll start with race seven, the Chipping Norton Stakes. Uh, I said on the heavy 10, and the money has really come for two horses in this race. Number eight, Jules, very elegant. Melbourne Cup winner on a heavy track is into $2.50, and Colette from the James Cummings Yard is into $3.20, which has seen Think It over the uh, the number one, uh, who won last start. Very impressive. Uh, drift out to $5.50. So I think a lot of these will be, and Tristan does say, wait till sort of that 20 minutes before the race to see where the real big money comes. But it's probably going to be a wait and see on the track too, just to see if, one, we get to race seven, the, the Chipping Norton Stakes, and two, how that track is playing. If it's uh, if it's out wide and you can run on, I think there'll be a little money for the uh, nine Colette. We'll sort of get in. I think very early we'll start favourite, but I think there'll be a bit of a push for Colette later in the day there. You can ring my bell. That race jumping at five past four Eastern daylight time. I love that. We've got another couple of races there. The Guy Walter Stakes, uh, Forbidden Love uh, for Richard Friedman, $4.60 there. But another one, uh, and I think everyone is identifying the, the real wet trackers in. In this race, the, the probably the best wet tracker in the race is number eight, Ice Bath, um, $2.40 into two twenty today. Um, and again, if the race is run, I think it'll be the one. The up-and-coming horse in that race promises of success from the John O'Shea yard. It's just solid at $7. Again, it's going to be uh, 20 minutes before the race to see how the track is playing there for that one. But I think Ice Bath will be a, a hard-to-beat favourite in that. Yeah, my man J-Mac on board too. J-Mac, he does hold a lot of uh, a lot of punters' money there uh, in this. And if we go, this is an important race and an important horse. And uh, I think there's a really big... When you look at horse racing, Jules, you, there's there's rider changes, there's, there's gear changes, blinkers off first tie, tongue tie first time. But this horse in this race, uh, Espiona, has Adam Peacock off first time. It's a really important gear change because our man Adam Peacock... He tipped Espiona at $1.50 uh, first up, and it was beaten by Fangirl. So the really important gear change, the stewards are going to probably notify it on track at Randwick to the punters that Adam Peacock is not tipping Espiona. So Espiona's $2.20, and stablemate Fangirl, who knocked off Espiona uh, last start, is $3.70. So the punters have that got a race in too, but once the people know that Espiona is not Adam's tip, mm. I think the money will come for it. It'll come flooding in. It'll come <laughs> Pardon the pun, but the money will come flooding in. And I did also mention before we get to Caulfield and we get on to some of the other odds that if we can get to race 10, if we can get to race 10, there's been a little bit of a move. Chris Lee's horse, the bopper, is $2.40. Gravina, a good wet tracker from the uh, the Cummings Yard, is $2.80. But there's one, if we keep scrolling down, the topsport.com.au app, we get to number 10, Turnstile. Rachel King. $6.50. I'm all over it. All over it. It's a king jockey. It's a king jockey. Yeah, so Stephen King went on Let's Alope. And the dead. Lord is uh, some part ownership of uh, of Turnstile. So some part ownership. Some part ownership, the Lord. And we've got a king jockey and we've got the Lord in the ownership at $6.50. Open $21. There's been a host of scratchings into $6.50. If we can get to race 10. It's a heavy 10 today too. If we can get to race 10 on a heavy 10, number 10. Turnstiles might be our Roman tip in the get-out stakes there at Randwick.
It's a good four at Caulfield today. It is a good four at Caulfield. Uh, Blue Diamond Day. Uh, it's a, a really important day in the in the racing calendar there in Melbourne. Seeing if any of these horses in the Blue Diamond can put their hand up for the Golden Slipper. Uh, the talk has been, and it's been an interesting one down uh, there, that Jack and O, $4.40 has been favoured. It's always had the flashing light on. It's, it's been the one that you've wanted back in the uh, in the Blue Diamond. But a horse that I was able to tip two weeks ago, Le- Revolutionary Miss, uh, was uh, $12 uh, in the, winning the prelude, is into $4.40 and, and pressing favouritism. And I think uh, by, time, by jump time, I think Revolutionary Miss will be the favourite there. Carrying 55 kilos from the Snowden stables, Jamie Carr settles up number 11, Revolutionary Miss. Another good race that everyone looks forward to, the Oakley Pate, uh, yeah. the handicap there. It's a, it's a good race. Uh, Wild Ruler at the top of the weights, uh, $9.50. Marabi uh, has been really the, the sprinting sensation down there in Melbourne for the the, the all-conquering Ma Eustace Yard. A uh, little bit easy, sort of $2.90, then $2.45 open, out to $2.80. Away game, again, another uh, well-travelled mare from the Ma Eustace Yard at $7.50, but the money has come. I saw this trial. I was flicking through somewhere, and I saw this horse trial uh, for John O'Shea. It trialled at uh, Cranbourne last week. Min Haj, $9 into $6.50. Uh, barrier one, a lightweight. We'll probably get the right one just behind him, and uh, if there's a chink in uh, in Marabi's armour, Min Haj could be the one that comes over the top there at $6.50. Yeah, Min Haj, Kieran McAvoy aboard, and he said John O'Shea trained. I was in, like, Nicki Minaj, is it a play on Nicki Minaj, do you think? Uh, could be. Could be. Yeah. Why not? I'm happy to run with that. Well, let's run with that. Let's it's, run with sounds that. Sounds like we know what we're talking about. You got <laughs> well, any we've, other? Done, we've done it for two and a half hours. Yeah, we true. pretended to know what we're talking about. Any let's other? just... Let's just keep going. I have, and, and we've got, oh, we need to play it. Have we got the button there for Nick's Stupid Multi? Can we find that there? Because uh, we did get the collect last week. If Nick's Stupid Multi is there, it just carries on saying this is time for thanks to Top Sport, Nick's Stupid Multi. But anyway, we're just going to run with it. <laughs> thanks to topsport.com.au. I was able to get the multi up last week. Good man. And I'm going to look, and we're talking wet tracks. I don't look wet tracks in, in regards to sport. Let's stay away from them. But let's go wet tracks in, in racing. And I've got mm. two here. Uh, I did uh, I did mention it. I'm going to go with, uh, look, I, I think Colette will get close in the market, but I, I'm just going to take the class of Very Elegant. So I'm going to have Very Elegant, and Tristan will put these on best of the best. So I get the best odds here, uh, and you always get the best odds at topsport.com.au, but I'll get the best odds there. So I'll take Very Elegant in the Chipping Norton, and I'm going to go again in the Group 1, the Blue Diamond Stakes. I'm going to take Revolutionary Miss at $4.40, best of the best. So uh, I reckon if we combine those two together... Uh, we'll hopefully get around $12 there for the best multi. That's tidy. Very elegant. The Chipping Norton revolutionary miss in the Blue Diamond. That is Nick's stupid multi. Now we've got Adam's tip. Oh, yeah. So you want you want even more money now. You want the Espiona fans to be even happier. He's going to flip. He's going the old flipper-rooney, and he's going to have his 100 thanks to topsport.com.au on fangirls. So treat it as a scratching. Yes. Treat it as you may. The gear change, Adam Peacock off Espiona onto fangirl. Fangirl. I suppose we all back what we desire, don't we? <laughs> this is true, and it could be happening. We'll take a break. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
Uh, Cowboy Griff. Hello, Griffy. Guys, I'm cutting my grass. It's nice up here in Townsville. I just did a Ooh. quick uh, weather search. 32, 2% <laughs> <laughs> chance of precipitation. Can you send some of it down this way, please, Cowboy Griff? The, uh, the, the blow-beer combo will be beautiful. Very much is, uh, the, yes. No, but you can't do the last two without the first three. No. Edge, blow, mow, blow, beer. All right, so starter said edge, right? Yeah. Then blow. Yep, get then mow off. and suck yep. up some of the. Yeah, no, it's environmentally conscious. Blow and again. And that's that's end, a little tidy. You have your little collarbone moment there, there with your grass. You know they always say that, that that first beer after you've done your lawn is the best tasting beer. I I posited that question to Doug Bollinger who yeah, filled in for you on this show <laughs> a couple of months back. Because oh, is it? Any beer is the best beer. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just reeks of Bollinger. It reeks of Not the drink, of course. No, hey, well, you don't want that. Oh, no, it's a bit too high. Especially brow. after he's... See, it's, it's an ironic name because Bollinger's too highbrow for Dougie Bollinger. <laughs> and a man that, that, that actually took Dougie off the chin, I think, and put him to the boundary was Sam Perry, the great cricketer. And he said Doug was kind enough to say that, you know, with, well, it might have been... I'll probably let him tell the story. He's on the line right now. Hello, Sammy. <laughs> Good boys, how are you? Good, mate. Okay, Good, just mate. just just tell and and put a bit of mustard on it too, uh, when you face <sighs> Doug Bollinger. Oh well, you've already put the mustard on it for me. Uh, there's absolutely no way I ever had the skill to take Doug Bollinger off my chin, but I was lucky enough to uh, play against him in a game. You know, this was pre um, him having a rug on his head, so when he was <laughs> even quicker and um, <laughs> more aerodynamic. I just remember. <laughs> It was, I was opening the batting. It was the second innings of a one-day. It was at North Sydney Oval. My uncles turned up in between innings and were frightened for me upon learning that Bollinger was opening the bowling for Fairfield. And anyway, I think I got lucky with one ball. I sort of slapped him behind square for four. And um, uh, the next ball, I just took a suicidal single to get off strike because he looked like he had steam coming out of his ears. And as I was trying to make my crease, the fielder, um, tried to throw down the stumps, missed the stumps, it went for four, so I got five overthrows. Jeez. And uh, as I walked past him, he said to me, you know where the next one's coming, don't you? And he also added a swear word that I wouldn't <laughs> say on the radio. Was he and, a bit um, lippy, our man, Doug? Oh, mate. I mean, he was, you know, Doug, he's he's a great fella and he's actually hilarious on the field. He's, like, a, he's a very um, precociously minded guy and he's quite entertaining. But when he had the ball coming in, uh, it was less so. And, yeah, I just... He said, you know, the next one's coming, don't you? And then insert whatever suffix you want there. And um, Mate. I said, no, I, I said, no, I don't. Uh, but I, I had a feeling that it was coming at my head and uh, it would have been right at my head uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I was basically on the ground when he delivered it. Here at square <laughs> leg. Here it is. You're still on the yeah, square leg exactly. umpire's toes. Yeah, that's right. I probably showed all three stubs. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that's my Bollinger story. Mm. He's a gentleman, Dougie. He gives you forewarning. Right. So he, Forewarned his yeah. forearms. So he's in his delivery so stride and Sammy's already crouched down. Uh, you talk, I mean, you talk about alpha males in the dressing room. Pat Cummins has obviously established now that he is the alpha dog of Australian cricket when it comes to who's the captain, who runs the team. They're talking about a lot of reverse swing. This is an historic tour, 24 years, and they're returning to Pakistan. Yeah, uh, well, on the first point, yes. Pat Cummins is the alpha dog. He's made it very clear. I think he actually has been for some time, but he does well to um, put forward a decent image, which is true. He is a very uh, decent, smart guy. But 
you know, I've had interactions with him. Others have as well. He doesn't take a backward step. Uh, he's definitely a competitive guy, and he has the respect of the team. And I, I, I can't wait for the Pakistan series. I mean, firstly, it's been um, an almost appallingly long time since Australia's played overseas, um, where the cricket is really challenging for them. Uh, Australia hasn't gone to Pakistan for 20 years, and I just love that uh, in this, like, globally interconnected age uh, where we kind of know everything about everything and everyone's friends. Like, we still don't know what wickets we're going to get in Pakistan. Like, they've still managed to keep it a mystery. So, you know, some people think that we might be playing two spinners and Cameron Green's opening the bowling. Other people think that Pakistan will favour pace bowling because they've got quicks and they don't really have many successful spinners. So uh, what seems to be agreed is it's going to be kind of attritional cricket, Low, slow wickets. Uh, Cummins is already talking about being prepared to battle it out for draws and get and nick a win where he can. So I think it's going to be pretty engrossing and testing. And I don't think uh, anyone is expecting Australia is going to have it all their own way. Is the pressure on this side with what happened with Justin Langer? Are the players on, on notice? And is Pat Cummins going to put them on notice going, look, uh, we got what we wanted. Now we've got to front up and, and win some matches. Depends who uh, who you're listening to. I mean, if you listen to the Golden Generation, I think the um, I think anything other than an innings victory in every game within three days um, <laughs> is uh, is going to be considered a failure. You know, like if, I think there are going to be some people out there thinking, "Oh, well, you've got a new coach. You better uh, you know you better destroy everyone in your wake. Uh, otherwise, it's a failure." I mean, I think Cummins and most rationally minded people will. Um, you know, we'll, we'll set expectations. They'll want to win the series, and I think people will expect that they win the series or give a very, very good account of themselves. I mean, Pakistan, they didn't play a lot of test cricket. They haven't played a lot in a while. They haven't had a big touring team like Australia in Pakistan for a really long time. They haven't played at home, you know, in a really long time, apart from a couple of smaller series. Uh, so, you know, and they're coming off a lot of T20 cricket themselves. So Australia will be a good chance. I think there's always going to be voices on the fringes and the periphery trying to apply pressure for their own political means. But uh, I think it's going to be a close series. I think Australia have tried to put themselves in the best position possible to succeed. Uh, and, look, I'm, I'm backing them, but there's so many unknowns. So it's going to be exciting to watch. We're sadly between a clock and a hard place here, Sam. I just want to commend you on a really good article you wrote in The Guardian the other week just with regards to this, this cohort of former players rallying around Langer. And he said, you know, that's kind of their last connection to the current team and they don't like the fact that that may be surrendered but surrendered it is. Uh, enjoy that heat in Darwin, won't you mate? Thanks mate, yeah everyone's asking me if I'm going tropo, I don't even know what that means but um, it's you know like it's it's so hectic up here like we're all actually battening down for a cyclone this weekend mm. so we've got our cyclone prep kit ready it's all uh, <laughs> it's all very novel but you know no, it's, it's great, it's great to have some heat I live in Melbourne otherwise so I'm actually yeah. quite enjoying the predictability of the weather. Yeah my dad worked in the Darwin Public Service for years. He was a socks and sandals kind of guy and there's no shame in that whatsoever. <laughs> Sammy, all the best. Love to chat. We'll let you go. We'll speak soon. No worries, fellas. See you later. There he is. Sam Perry from The Great Cricketer. We're almost done. Let's take a break, wrap things up. That threw me, Nick, because I thought, oh, we'll take a break and then it'll close music. So I wasn't no, ready. No, you're not ready. I wasn't that's ready a, to that's go. That's OK. We weren't ready to go. We could have had another ready couple of minutes go. with Sammy. Uh, do we have another break to go there, Pat, or, or are we just going to jibber up till the news? Yeah, it looks like we've got, a, got an ad break for the Lucky for the Listeners. Right, OK. Um, that so, takes us up to the top of the hour. Oh, right. Good. What time would you like us to take that When would break? you like me to stop waffling? Uh, we don't have a hard out. So it's um, different in the last hour. OK, so be, the yeah, music goes the, up to the break. It wasn't in the run sheet. Yeah, of course it's not. So give 
kids yeah. okay. You're on thin ice. Let's give him one last but one. Maybe let's the, let's reward the, the listeners with an ad break. Okay. Do we want to take Jason, that now? And have Jason Williams on the on the uh, on the other side. Jace Matthews. Jace Matthews. Jace Matthews. So that's it. Well done, Jules. Are we done? I hope he's not listening. I hope he's not listening. So just... what time do you want us to stop talking? I think maybe now. Maybe now? Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you, Mowers. Thank Thanks you, Mowers. Thank you, Linesman. Thank you, Ball Boys. Thank, Thank you, Mowers. Thanks for the opportunity, Gibbo, for letting yeah. me come in. We'll catch you next time.